Welcome in for a two-hour-plus ride on the Glenn Clark Radio Show. This is Stan the Fan sitting in for Glenn Clark, who is away on, should we say, Stevenson Business? Yeah, is yeah, that that's fair. fair to that's say? fair. I mean, that's what he wants to call it, but yeah. Uh, Stevenson Business. Stevenson right. Business. He may be taking over as dean, dean of wow. Stevenson that University. That is a... He, so I'm just he, saying. He may never come back. That's a, a very good chance of that. Me and you, me and you moving forward, Stan. Hey, speaking of moving forward, the t- Toyota Tacoma moves you forward. It comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on a new Tacoma from your local Toyota dealer today and uh, they always bring you the glenn clark radio show here's what we've got for you on the show uh gary stein will join us at 10 20 and we'll look at both we'll look at both the baltimore ravens and what he sees out of the uh, terrapins uh mm-hmm. football team down there at college park uh ravens one and oh after game one and the um terrapins are two and oh after victories over Towson University, which was expected, and I would say a harder-than-expected but hard-earned victory over Biff Pogey's Charlotte, what is their name, the Miners the, or the 49ers? 49ers. The 49ers. Yeah, not to be confused with the UTEP Miners, which, okay. which I've done in the past, too. I'm not sure okay. why. But. Why are they the 49ers in Charlotte? <sighs> I feel like we looked this up, and I already forget. Okay, <laughs> Probably... They probably I'll came, look it up. They probably oh, became a city in 1949. This is, this is Lucas, by the way, everyone. This is my brother. Yeah. My brother Lucas, he's in town for the weekend. And we thank and him for his service. Yeah, he's going to, I guess, I guess he'll be fact-checking us. All right. Oh. Lucas, where are you stationed now? Because it's an interesting topic. I'm uh, stationed in North Carolina, Fort At, Bragg, or Fort Liberty now. It's Fort Bay, Liberty. So, yeah, Fort Liberty. And now, Fort Bragg, me. seriously, I don't know the history. Mm-hmm. Is there Was there a Civil War connection with uh Colonel Bragg or something. Yeah, he like was that. a general. He was one of North Carolina doesn't produce a lot of generals, and I think they like to name the bases after famous people from that right. area. Right. So Fort Bragg. I think General Bragg was. I did a little bit of research on him because I was wondering why they changed the name. Because I honestly like the name Bragg. It was pretty cool. Yeah, it's a very cool name. Fort and Bragg. Uh, bad guy apparently. Yeah, and he had some connections with the Confederacy, yeah. and of course, yeah. which they change. They're changing all these. Uh, names too. all right well lucas lucas bass is here today yes. he's in the army by the way that in is in the uh, army yes. yep, that is yep. The, serving mm-hmm. at fort liberty currently mm-hmm. you're just doing your what's it called when you basic now are you in yeah, basic no, so i graduated a couple months ago and i went to airborne school at fort moore Ooh. in georgia airborne awesome. school yeah so you fly plane. big big birds <laughs> i jump out of them actually but yeah uh, well, wow yeah, is it true fun. that griffin and seriously we're off on a tangent here <laughs> did he fail out miserably from the military he, he tried to get well, in and he just couldn't st- do i don't do you want me to st- stand what come clean about it this? he i was kidding yeah we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, kidding. we'll mention it later all right there's anyway, another day thank, welcome thank in you, for the you. show we I welcome you it. and we do thank you for your service yeah thank you uh gary stein in at ten twenty. at 11 o'clock an old buddy of mine I've interviewed him two or three times. Ryan Spielborg, mm-hmm. uh, who's on uh, Sirius XM, uh, the ma- Major League Baseball channel. And tonight, he'll be doing the color on the Apple TV broadcast. Right? It is the yes, Apple correct. broadcast. It is Apple TV Plus, oh. I guess. I'm so confused. Like, when did when did we know that Thursday was going to be a Fox game? Was um, that known, I like, think all season long? No, no. They announced it, I think. 
I want to say on Monday or Sunday night. Like, so they have the right to kind of come in and screw with everybody, you know. <laughs> oh, because it was supposed to be, the, yeah, it was supposed yeah, to be. I a mean, all the mashing people, you know, and people mm-hmm. didn't know. And then, and then, what was particularly confusing about that is I just got used to the fact that they were starting Monday through Thursday games at six forty again, like they did back in April and May. And I rushed to get to the ballpark so I could eat and be ready at 6.40. And I realized the game's starting at 7.15. So, I mean, that threw me off as well. Uh, but, but Ryan Spielborg joins us tonight. We'll talk to him about what he sees in this suddenly very tense race between the Tampa Bay Rays and the first place Baltimore Orioles. By the way, to those of you who are gloom and doom about the Orioles' chances right now. You know, how the sky is falling. They've lost three in a row. They're one and three in their last four games. The last 30 games, the Orioles are 20 and 10, and I count the Tampa Bay Rays as 21 and 9. So in that time period, they've only picked up one game on us. But it just feels like they're creeping closer and closer and closer because they won all three of these games while the Orioles went into this mini yep. tailspin yes. that we have to make sure doesn't turn into a full-blown tailspin, and we'll talk about that as well with Todd Karpovich at 10, press box beat writer for the Baltimore Orioles. And then uh, Griffin will have... Uh, a fight segment. Yes, where fighting he words. Breaks down. Yes. He and his brother are going to fight. <laughs> um, that would be good. Maybe we should do that. Settle, settle no. a long time feud. <laughs> Is it a long time feud? Yeah. Who would uh, win a really, Who would win a fight between the two of you? Well, well, I would. I feel like every other year probably rotates, but uh, you know, with my intense military jujitsu. <laughs> yeah, training, I know that's true. I haven't since. Right. Yeah, he's now that he's been I mean, training jujitsu. God jumps out of planes. Yeah, yeah. but you know. Were you afraid yeah. the first time you jumped out of a plane? I was afraid every time I jumped out of a plane. <laughs> are you still? I mean, you get more confident walking into the plane, and right. you're like, you know, I can do this. And then you get up there, and you're flying, and they're like, all right, get ready. And then you're like, oh, I got to jump out of a plane again. And then you never get used to that. And but. and how long do you wait to pull the – like, I would probably pull the rip car, rip cord while I was in the plane. <laughs> right. You know. So we're fortunate enough. It's like a – it's a static line. So you're, you're hooked up – your chute is hooked up to the plane. So you jump. And you're probably free-falling for four to five seconds, maybe. And then the static line, which is probably like 15 feet long, pulls the chute out of your bag. Okay, so, so it's it automatically, automatically deploys. done. Should is be that, automatically is that fail-proof? Um, it is until we hear yeah. about a story <laughs> where it isn't. As long as you, you have a reserve for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> so, obviously, there's it's not... It's pretty intrinsically safe. Like, the riggers do it because it's not machine-packed, which is good. Because, um, you know, you want people there paying attention to what they're doing and how it's being made. But that being said, you know, it's, you know, human error happens all the time. So, but, you know, you have your reserve. And as long as you're jumping out far enough, your chute will deploy. No problem. So, so let me just repeat the question, though. If you were in a, in a war scene and you okay. were parachuting down, you wouldn't have that cord. No, I would. Because they want you, because you're flying so low to the ground, so you wouldn't have time. Because they want you to get on the ground as quick as possible. So you only jump for about 1,300 feet. Okay. So you want to, you're already flying low to the ground, so as long, your chute's going to deploy pretty, pretty immediately. And okay. you're falling at about 14.5 to 18 feet per second. 
So you're falling pretty quickly to the ground. Now, does that translate to miles per hour? Like, are you going like... We, we did the math one time to try to like... Because, you know, 18 seconds... 18 feet per second sounds pretty fast. So yeah. we were trying to math it out one time. I think we did it was like a... I don't know. Big Jeezy. 30 miles with the an numbers. hour, 20 <laughs> miles, 18 uh, miles... About 10, 10 miles per hour. For 10 miles per okay. hour. So yeah. yeah. That's pretty fast. Yeah. And All especially right. if you're like, you know, on the bigger side. Like, I'm lucky. I was like only about 160 pounds. Not before I had all really? my gear on. Yeah, but. I would definitely want to play. That used to be when I was in my 20s. That was like when my bucket list was to do the parachute. Yeah. You know, go parachuting. Mm-hmm. And I talked to somebody that was really into it and knew yeah. all the ins and outs. He said, and at the time I was a bartender. Oh, really? Yeah. And he, this is back in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you parachute enough times, you will break a leg. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I said, you know what? I really can't afford to take off of work with a broken leg because I was parachuting. Right. And then the older I got, it receded from my, you know, idea of something that I wanted to do. Right. Yeah. Started thinking with your head. All right. Anyway, uh, getting back to parachuting. Uh, The Orioles are parachuting (laughs) over these last four games. Um, Are we, are we, um, and I welcome your comments how can people reach us uh griffin what uh, on glenn clark radio yeah, the, uh, yeah at glenn clark radio on twitter certainly right. the best way to best way to come come at us you know tell us you know th- tell us why this guy is falling or isn't falling and yeah we'll, uh, and that, we'll that's a good metaphor for yeah. today's show is is the sky falling or is it not falling i i would say what it's, makes it look worse than it is is a couple of things number one in the last 12 14 games we've lost felix bautista and now Probably, and this coming from me, who I didn't think, I didn't think right. when he went out with vertigo and went to the minors, I didn't know that we'd see Ryan Mountcastle back in an Oriole uniform. I was that sort of set that he was done, you know, that mm-hmm. mentally he had checked out. He proved to be an awful lot stronger than I yes. thought. He came back with a vengeance and has really played at a high level, uh, getting on base Driving the ball, still a little too much swing and miss for me, but mm-hmm. but but doing his a OPS, great job. Yeah, like his, his own base and OPS, he's seeing the ball so much better. Clearly, yeah. uh, he's doing a lot better job of working counts. He he he. Had, Glenn and I talked about this yesterday. He'd anchored the that second spot of the lineup for the past month or so. Yeah. Like in, in, yeah. So well, he, he and Gunnar Henderson have anchored that second yeah. spot. Yeah. So anyway, um, they're they're both lost right now. Felix Bautista is, despite what the team is. Doing with smoke and mirrors. You don't. You don't He's buy not, into. I'm not buying that we're going to see Felix Bautista in a major league game this year. Probably. Uh, my next fingers year. are crossed. Maybe if it's such a small tear that they are being careful this year, and and think that maybe they can through rest and a P, couple PRP injections. Maybe they don't need to do the surgery. That's a possibility. It seems inevitable i think it, I, I, it generally does but there are a few people and everybody points to erwin santana as somebody that that avoided it but he also avoided being a very good pitcher <laughs> uh, at the same time that, that was sort of where his career i want to say cascaded downward but he was never the solid innings eater he was for the angels when he went to kansas city or minnesota uh so our fingers are crossed that the Orioles can get through this. And I think they've got the, while not a, a, a guy that you'd go, yeah, that's the guy, he can clearly take 
take care of Felix's business. I think they've got in Hall, Jorge Lopez, Shintaro, Fujinami, and Yanir Cano. Mm-hmm. I think Danny they've Coulomb, got and, be- and Coulomb, but I think they've got enough ammunition in that bullpen that that won't be the the out and out reason the Orioles don't reach the World Series or win a World Series. You know. Yeah, and and maybe and part of that question is were they capable of reaching the World Series even before the Felix Bautista injury. Um, I think they. I think as the season went on, it did I think seem. The, yeah, it I seemed. Mean, it seemed almost not inevitable, but it seemed like this was a team of, of destiny. destiny. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to yeah. say. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't. The last four days, it doesn't seem like they're a team of destiny. No. Uh, but it, I, I remember because I'm old enough, you know, to be your fa- your grandfather's friend. Um, I'm old enough to remember what Earl Weaver used to say around this time, and it was every single year because the Orioles were always in it when Earl was managing the Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles were always in a pennant race. He used to say, and he never said, used the words buckle up, but he used to say, this is going to be like a roller coaster ride. It's gonna every be loss. Pe- it's going to be peaks and valleys. There are going to be times where you think you've got it won, there's times you think you're out of it. Like, suppose the Orioles lose three out of four to Tampa. We're going to say, well, there goes the chance to win the division, but you don't know what's going to happen in the remaining 14 or 15 games. Incidentally, the Orioles, after this series against Tampa, we've got three more against the Rays here. We go to Houston for three, which is not going to be no, a, a walk in the no, park. But they have it played. is a series that commands, demands – that the Orioles play at a higher level, and maybe that will be the series that snaps them back into reality if, in fact, they do lose this series to Tampa. But we've got three games in Houston. We then go Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Cleveland, and then the Orioles come home for two versus the Washington Nationals, the pesky Washington Nationals. They really are. They're a pesky yeah. team. Uh, they surprise me how how much better they are than I thought they'd be. Mm-hmm. And then we finish with four against the Boston Red Sox, uh, who just fired their director of baseball ops, Chaim Bloom. Mm-hmm. Uh, that job's available now, Griffin. Yes. Or Zach already put in Zach, for uh, Zach, 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 he's got a good baseball mind. Yeah, he does have it. a good baseball mind. He, he, now, Tampa, who do they have? I'd say that they have a much easier schedule than the Orioles. Definitely coming out of this series, yeah. for sure. They finish here in Baltimore with these three more games. They're 1-0 in the series. They then go home for three against the Angels. Who are and dreadful. They're walking, you know, they're walking wounded, the Angels. Hopefully Mickey Moniak will be back playing because it's killed my I – had, I had one night ten days ago. I digress. You'll pardon me for digressing, but I had <laughs> no, Griffin please. Griffin Canning was supposed to start for the Angels. This was Thursday a week ago. Rengifo was in the lineup. Mickey Moniak was in the lineup. Canning was scratched to give him an extra day's rest. He came back the next night, did not pitch that well with the extra rest. But, but Luis Rengifo, first inning, he's on the on-deck circle. We've all heard horror stories about how a player gets a foul ball off his leg, mm-hmm. off his head. Mm-hmm. He strained a bicep muscle. While swinging. While swinging oh in the on-deck circle. Started oh. out immediately I mean, out until 
out until September 15th. Two days later, out for the season. And then that same game, Mickey Moniak was scratched due to back tightness. Hasn't played since. Do they have anyone left? Uh, Well, I had Mitch Garver until (laughs) last night. How bad is his injury? Can you give me the news? He hurt his foot last night. Uh, He's removed see. from the game against the Twins. Let's see. Left foot. Uh, Toronto. No, I mean. the x-ray said no fracture. Okay. Day to day, right? Yeah, day to day. Just day to day. That means he'll miss at least 10 days. Okay. <laughs> I, I vir- still, Virtually still, my team, battling. and I got Jose I, Siri. I got Siri. He was hurt as well. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Tom I, Murphy. My, and Tom Murphy. Is he Out for too? the season. Wow. Yeah. Sorry to hear that, Stan. My, uh, my, I, I was eliminated in the semifinals of my fantasy playoffs. I was going against Trey Turner the other week. Yeah. When he decided to hit, uh, you know, I believe I had a stat on tidbit. He had 11 home runs in 13 games uh, for the. And you had him. The, I, I was going against him. You were going to get him. No, I was going against him. So the oh, player, the player in my matchup, him. in my matchup, okay. I was going against Trey Turner. Didn't so. hear that. Okay. So gotcha. it was uh, did not end well for me, unfortunately. Sorry to hear After that. After being in first place all year. Sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. Thank you. Anyway, appreciate Orioles it. and the uh, Rays go at it tonight. And, uh, and, and that game time, by the way, tonight will be at, I want to be clear, it'll because it's yeah. an Apple game. 707 Seven, is what I saw. It says in the, the Tampa Bay notes it's going to be 705. And it's going to be Zach Eflin, who's having a really terrific season, for the Tampa Bay Rays, 14-8. and eight. A lot of people scratched their head when they gave him $27 million for three years. Looks like a great, great it, signing. It, In the meantime, we've got Jack Flaherty, who for the season is 8-8, eight and eight, 4.98. This is a game that looks on the surface. Again, if you want to bet on sports, I urge you to go to Superbook Sports mm. and sign up with the promo code STANCHARLES23. And uh, you, you're entitled to the first bet bonus of $250 back on your first, up to $250 back on your first bet. Win or lose, uh, use that promo code, StanCharles23, okay? Tonight looks like a lock. I heard that lock. one gives you better luck, too. Tonight yeah. looks like a lock for the Tampa Bay Rays a lot of times in baseball. And I can't cite you a... Uh, any Revert, kind reverse of anal- an- analytic, but the reverse lock tonight is would say to bet the Orioles because Jack Flaherty has been, aside from that first start in Toronto, he has been less and less impressive. Your thoughts, uh, Griffin? Uh, no, yeah, I'm completely, I'm definitely with you, Flaherty. I mean, I'm not, I mean, Stan and I were having fun with the idea of trying to do what the Phillies did with Trey Turner, you know, uh, at the beginning of August where they gave him a standing ovation, uh, after he had, after he had struggled for so long right. during the, during the summer. Um, it doesn't seem like we really got much traction with that. I, I, I no. maybe it would work, especially in a, in a, in a pack, in a, it's so, hard in a to give a tonight. starting pitcher a standing and, ovation. But, when did they do, when well, did, I guess when, as he takes the mound, I guess. Um, yeah. Because everyone will be in their seats I mean, yeah. for the Adam Jones yeah. stuff, it's the, yeah. and that's another. I mean, that's another reason that's it should. This feels a little reverse locky. I mean, the Rays are have the yeah. There's going to be on some mojo out there tonight. Mm-hmm. Certainly, is that any chance Adam could fill in <laughs> for for Aaron Hicks? Um, yeah, I mean, Aaron Hicks did not look good last night defensively. Uh, that was that was very slow take on that ball, mm-hmm. and I can't was... quite figure out why because he's got an excellent arm, and I don't know why he would have sort of assumed that the runner was going to stop at third. It was an aggressive third base coach. Go, 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 go. 
and he he just double clutched, and that was all the difference in the world on that play. Uh, anyway, tonight, 7.05, Zach Eflin versus Jack Flaherty. Tomorrow, Saturday's game, also on 7.05. Tonight will not be on Masson, so you got to watch it on Apple TV. And tomorrow night, 7.05, not quite a reverse lock situation, but the Tampa Bay Rays' best starting pitcher still left. Tyler Glass now 9-5 with 3.15, goes against Grayson Rodriguez, 5-4, 4.88 ERA. And then on Sunday afternoon at 135, Zach Littell, 3-6 with a 4.25 ERA, goes against Dean Kramer. Uh, and Dean Kramer will start that game with a 12-5 and record and a 4.25 earned run average. So that's a brief look uh, at the rest of this series. Are we already ready for Gary Stein? Oh, yeah. Gary right. is always ready. Right. Joining us now is a longtime friend of uh, plus 30 years now, I believe. Uh, it's Gary Stein. Gary Stein joins us from Studio 83 video production house. Gary, how are you? Good. Happy New Year, Stanley, to you and your family. Lashana Tova. It's not a happy yeah. it's not a happy New Year for Chaim Bloom, is it? I can't believe it. Yeah. Uh, on uh, on the night before Rosh Hashanah. Are That's you terrible. Me? It would be like firing somebody before Christmas, right? Wouldn't it <laughs> wouldn't it be? Exactly. That's exactly are, what it are is. Are we going to investigate the Boston Red Sox for anti-Semitism? I think we have no choice yeah. at this point. Well, you just, you just don't do that. What's more? What's more interesting about the Boston Red Sox, who have really, they, they've they've really gone down the chimney uh, quite a bit over the last six or seven years since Theo Epstein left in 2011 to take the job with the Cubs. They have had three general managers. They've had Ben Charrington, who's now the general manager of the Pittsburgh Pirates. He lasted about 1,363 days. They then hired Dave Dombrowski, who lasted 1,425 days. And now Chaim Bloom is out after 1,417 games. My opinion, I think that this is where Theo Epstein gets back into baseball running a team. Oh, really? Okay. I think they're going to have to come up with an, an incredible package that might include both John Henry and um, what's his name, the guy from TV that used to produce the Roseanne show. I forget his name. They might have to, yeah. they might have to pony up like a percentage and a half or 2% each of their ownership stake to get the guy that really should be running the Boston Red Sox. The only thing that Theo Epstein can do at this point to burnish his uh, legacy even more yep. is to bring the Red Sox back again. Yes, correct. Right? Yeah. He's right. Right. He rose him from the dead the first time. He did the same thing with the Cubs, and now he's got to go back to Boston and do it again. Yeah. Well, that's what I think is going to happen. If if the Red Sox have any have any sense, seriously, they let him get away because of some some tricky relationships in there involved Larry Lucchino, who uh, they used to be the best of friends. Lucchino was a Theo Epstein mentor, uh, but the two had a falling out, and John Henry elected to stand behind Larry Lucchino, who then about five years later he let go of. So it'll yeah, be interesting exactly. to see. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. But, Gar, 
turning our attention to um, why we had you on, and I've got a multiple reason for you for your appearance this morning. I want to talk before we talk about the Ravens. I want to talk about what you're seeing down at College Park with Mike Loxley and the Terrapins. Um, are you impressed so far with what they've done in victories over Towson University and a pesky uh, Charlotte University? Yeah, I mean, I think it, I mean it's a good question because they've got they are two and zero, but if you really wanted to, you could pick apart both games. Um, you know, the Towson game, okay, thirty-five six or whatever that score was, thirty-eight six. That's expected. They did what they should do against Towson. You know, I don't think anything was spectacular, but again, it was Towson with no disrespect to Pete Shinnick. Okay, we'll take the win. Against Charlotte, I think there are good things and some not-so-good things that came out of that win. First of all, you know, sloppy play in the beginning. They fell back early, 14 nothing before you even knew it. Yep. But then they got their composure, and they then they started to do the things that they were supposed to do. They controlled the line of scrimmage. You know, they ran the ball very well, especially late. They never wavered from their game plan, I believe. And so you take heart from that. Should it have been as close as that for as long as that? Probably not. I know, though, that at the same time, you know, Biff Pogey came in there, and he probably had that team ready to play like you would not believe it. Yeah, that you know, was like their, that was going to be like their Super Bowl, wasn't it? Exactly. Tip yeah. on the shoulder, coming back to Baltimore, Baltimore area, yep. you know, uh, defying all the – the odds and the experts, you know, even though you say I can't do it, I can, we can, you know, St. Francis, you know, all that stuff. So I, I think that that's a good thing that came out of that for Maryland is keeping their composure. They're going to handle Virginia tonight. Virginia's going nowhere. And then the season really starts. So back to your original question, am I happy or am, have I seen the things I wanted to see? I really think it's 50-50 at this point. Yeah. But I do think that that, that just – Handling their business and playing with composure is a big thing for Maryland, and I, I think that they lived up to that. Yeah, I think they were faced with a a situation in that Charlotte game, which I think is a real positive, that they were down. They were down on their luck. They had self-inflicted a couple uh, big wounds. Yeah. But they did, I think, coming out of that game, they've got to feel pretty good about the fact, hey, we hung together and we did what we had to do. We did what we had to do, and took care of business. You know, I think I think one of the biggest things, Stan, is like last year they relied on Tunga Bailoa's arm. Well, I, that's not true, actually. Uh, um, Hemby had a had a big year. Yeah. But when it, when push came to shove, it was going to be Tunga Bailoa that was either going to win or lose the game. I think this year there's a lot more help. You know, I, and especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think the front seven actually is pretty good. So I think, you know, that there there are more ways for this team to win, and I don't think they're going to need Tunga Bailoa to pass for 4,000 yards in order to get eight or nine wins this year. Okay. Uh, the second string quarterback, Billy, what's his last name, Gar? Billy, Billy Edwards. Edwards. Billy Edwards. There was a scene late in the game over on the sideline where Edwards was talking to uh, uh, Talia, uh, and it looked like he was, even though – He's not the big, you know, the big shot there on campus. It looked like there was a mentoring moment that Billy Edwards was trying to impress upon uh, Talia. Did you by any chance see that? Yeah. 
Yeah, I saw it. I mean, I, I don't I don't know what the conversation was, but that that's an interesting thing, though, about Billy Edwards. Yeah. And remember last year when Tunga Vailoa got hurt, Billy Edwards came in. Not that he's a great quarterback, and I don't know that he's ever going to be a great quarterback, but he is a pretty good leader, and he's got yep. a lot of grit. Yep. And so I think that one of the things about him is he's not afraid to approach, you know, a coach or a player and say what he needs to say, say what he wants to mm-hmm. say. And so I wasn't surprised. Again, I don't know what the conversation was, but yep. I wasn't surprised that Billy Edwards takes, like, sort of that leadership mantle. Yeah. And it looked like he was d- directly in charge of that conversation, if you know what I mean. Exactly. I don't yeah. know what he was talking to him about. Could have been about what they're going to do after the game, uh, where the what restaurant they're going to go to. But it looked like he was directing comments to Talia that were somewhat important. It just looked that way to me. Uh, yeah, no, I totally agree. One other question, um, Coach Biff Pogey. Did he dress like that when he coached St. Francis? I believe so, yeah. Okay. That was really yeah. that was quite striking to see a guy like what's he 70 years old. The guy is <laughs> I am told that he is a billionaire, okay? Uh yeah, bo- I think both self-made uh, I think the both self-made and and family money uh on his wife's side. Um and I think a terrific football coach. Uh and I think he's going to do a good job there, but his choice of dress the shorts. I think it's cuts. how he gets his players to, you know, rally behind him. Really? He, he would wear a, I mean, he, for yeah. the St. Francis, he would right. wear a bright Like, if I can dress cutoff. like this, yeah. you can go out there and give me 110%. Yeah. All right. Hey, yeah, I mean, I think it's something that the players love, to be honest with yeah. you, because he's, he, like, he's in, you know, he's an, he's an iconoclast. He's counter, counter against the grain. Yeah. You yeah. know, no one else does that, nope. and no one else recruits the way he does. No, no, quite literally, Stan and Griffin. No one else has done it the way that Big Pochi has done it. Yeah, period. you're right. He is a. He's no question. He is a a uh, iconoclast. That's a great way to put it. Garrett, speaking of iconoclast, let's take a look at John Harbaugh's team. Um, what were your <laughs> What were your impressions? It was really hard to get any impressions during the preseason. And I think we understand now the significance of the preseason of, of some play. I mean, it's a fine line you walk between playing players that can get hurt. But look what happened to the Cincinnati Bengals, who got nothing out of Joe Burrow in training camp, either playing or really practicing much. And they got, they got shellacked pretty good by Cleveland. Your impressions, though, of the Ravens in week one? Well, before we even get to the impressions of the Ravens, let's talk about the preseason for a minute and the wisdom of not playing players. Yeah. Okay, you know the you know the number one reason why coaches don't play players in the preseason for the most part is because they don't want them to get hurt. Sure. Okay. Well, okay, but look what happened in Week One. <laughs> the Ravens had four more players go down with injury. One of them for the year, maybe two. Okay, and the other two, Stanley and Linderbaum, could be out for a while. Yep. So you know, anytime you step on the field, whether it be week one or week preseason one, yep. there's always a risk. Just because they don't play in the preseason doesn't mean they're not going to get hurt. Uh-huh. So I, I really think the teams need to kind of revisit this a little bit, you know, and just, I mean, just even a smattering of work in the preseason could have helped that offense last week. Yep. Um, now, having said that, okay, um, so what did I take away from the game? First of all, it's hard to take anything away from that game because of the, because of the opponent, 
you know, you just don't know how bad the Texans are. Um, the Texans' defense actually was pretty good. I like their head coach a lot, yep. who was the defensive coordinator last year for San Francisco. So with that caveat in mind, I would say I think the Ravens did some good things. I think getting Zay Flowers the ball was, was good, and obviously he's going to be a great player barring injury. I think even though Odell Beckham didn't have a huge impact on the game, he kind of did in a way where he didn't even have to touch the football. He had two uh, DPI penalties called against the defense on him. Mm-hmm. He made a great over-the-shoulder over catch on third down. And I don't know if you noticed, but they moved him around a lot. He was in the slot. He was on the outside. They motioned him. The defense followed him. So even though he may not have had a big impact on the stat sheet, I think he had a big impact on the game. Um, that's number one. Again, the defense, it's hard to know. You know, they played lights out, no doubt, but look who they played against. So Cincinnati, a chip on their shoulder. I can guarantee you Burrow's going to be better this week. This will be a big early season test for both teams. How do you think the Ravens are a three-point underdog on Superbooksports.com? How do you think this game shapes up? If I'm a betting man, which you know I'm not, I would probably – they're a three-point underdog. Ra- Ravens probably, are probably a three-point – they're a three-point underdog. Yes, yeah. yeah. I'd probably take Cincinnati. Yeah. I I think Cincinnati, again, with that chip – you know, it's all psychological. Yeah. Yep. With, with that chip on the shoulder, this is, this is almost a must-win for Cincinnati. It's hard to go 0-2, but it's even harder to go 0-2 in your division. Yep. And you've got to win the division. So – uh, I think this is a must-win for Cincinnati. I, I don't know their health going into this game, but I think they're pretty healthy, actually. The Ravens are banged up. Um, so I would uh, I would think I would go with Cincinnati if I'm a betting man. Yeah, I mean, speaking of, I guess the one position where they are banged up is Joe Burrow, Gary. And, uh, and, and I'm just... Kind of, I kind of want to ask if there's really because they have a chance to really, uh, I think, dis- like I don't know if destroy, destroy is a wrong, uh, a strong word, but the 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 Ravens secondary going up against Jamar Chase and T Higgins, um, is there any hope that Ronald Darby and Brandon Stevens can slow them down at all? Um, we had Rocky Boyman on uh, yesterday actually, and he he mentioned that you know Joe Burrow did miss obviously a lot of because he because of his calf injury uh, in the pre in the preseason and in training camp. So he he's not re- he's not as precise as he is maybe later in the season with Chase and T Higgins. But is there any hope that you know Darby and this Ravens secondary is able to slow them down and stay in this game? Well, let me put it this way: except for general managers around the NFL, did you know who the Houston Texans receivers were? coming into that game last week? No. No. <laughs> I think I knew no. Nico Collins. Nobody <laughs> knows who Nico – and I'm not saying they're – I mean, obviously they're great football players right. they're in the NFL. But nobody knows who Nico Collins is, Tank Dell. I mean, I know they got Robert Woods, but so what? You know, so, yeah, so you're going from that to this. Um, is there hope? I mean, yeah, of course there's hope. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's kind of that, – that's the game right there, guys, is the Ravens secondary against the Cincinnati pass offense. And unless the Cincinnati uh, offensive line craps the bed, and they hopefully, you know, for them at least, can keep Burrow upright, I think that this is a big matchup favoring Cincinnati. So what what do the Ravens do to try and slow them down? Obviously, it's a game of chess. Uh, It's imperative that we get some type of pass rush on Burrow. Yeah, it's imperative we get a pass rush. You know, by the way, the other thing is this Marcus Williams injury is a big, big injury. Yeah. Because now it looks like Kyle Hamilton isn't going to be able to work around the line of scrimmage. 
He's probably going to have to play back there more often than not. And that's going to take away a key, like a jigsaw piece, I like to call him, like a jack of all. It's not even a jack of all trades. He's like a Swiss like Army knife. He's like a Swiss Army yeah, he's knife. A, right. He can do so much. That That's actually better. And now I think he's going to be relegated to being back there. That's going to affect the Ravens' defense a lot. That's a huge injury. Um, but and anyway, what you mean uh, is it'll, so, affect, it'll affect their ability to stop the run a little bit. Yeah, it'll yeah. affect their – right. I think Kyle is very um, uh, strong at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you, know, cu- you know, even, you know, making sure the tight end doesn't get out in the pass pattern, number one. And number two, yeah, like you said, very strong at the line against the run. So you, you take him out of the equation. Now all of a sudden, lanes open up for Cincinnati. So the interior of the Ravens' defense, I'm talking about Matabike and Pierce, the front four, and, of course, the two inside linebackers, imperative that they are able to stop the run, even without a Kyle Hamilton ro- ro- roaming around. Um, it's going to be a tough putt for the Ravens' defense. I'm not saying they can't do it. Uh, but as far as stopping them is concerned, yeah, they're going to have to get the pass rush on the edge. I think they're going to need to get push up the middle. I think Pierce and Matabike did a good job last week, again, but it's Houston, of pressuring the quarterback up the middle and allowing the pass rushers to come from the outside. We'll see if that continues on, on Sunday. Yeah, we're gonna need Queen and Roquan to play like twenty million dollar linebackers again and be every everywhere on the field to try and hang in there. And then, uh, we, so it seems like we're 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 convinced that the Bengals' offense will be able to get theirs. It's just a question of how much. How is the Ravens' offense gonna be able to keep up? Like what without Leonard Baum and Stanley, as we mentioned, are they gonna be able to keep Lamar Jackson? Give him enough time to 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 hit his guys? Are we gonna see more designed runs for Lamar? I think Mustafer at center and McCarry at left tackle are gonna be fine. Uh, not as good as Linderbaum and Stanley, obviously, but probably good enough. But the problem, though, is then it depletes your depth. And now all of a sudden the Ravens have to, you know, call on guys. I can't even, I can't even pronounce the guy's name, that, that left guard, that swing, that swing guy. Um, you know, I do the Ravens press box PA, and he was inactive last week, and so I had to pronounce his name in the open of, of my, you Malasala, know, of my job. <laughs> Malasala Omegai Laulu, I think, right? I don't have it in front of me, but it took me a couple times. Let's just put it that way. Um, but regardless, so yeah, it hurts their depth. Um, and an early season big game like this, you're going to need depth, especially against Cincinnati. So I think that's that's something that the Ravens have to, you know, have to be aware of in terms of attacking the Cincinnati defense. Again, I think Zay Flowers is a key. You know, he's not only a pass receiver, but look where they got him the ball. You know, they gave him they gave him a you know a jet sweep. They gave him a couple bubble screens out there with a couple, you know, tight ends in front of him, Kohler and, and Likely. So I think that's going to continue. Um, note, you'll notice that Patrick, Patrick Ricard played the majority of snaps last week against Houston. I think you're going to see some power. I think you're going to see some Gus Edwards, um, Justice Hill, obviously. Uh, so, you know, I think it's going to be multiple. I think Todd Munkin's going to want to spread them out like he always does. That's the key. And I think he's got the personnel in order to do that. I think the Ravens are going to score points against Cincinnati. What I'm worried about is the Ravens' defense stopping Cincinnati. So one of the key aspects of this game, Gary, sounds to me like it's time of possession and sort of controlling controlling the narrative a little bit, if you will, and controlling the ball and keeping Joe Burrow off the field with some long well, drives. I, I think controlling the ball would be is always important, but I I really think the biggest issue in this game is can they touch the quarterback? Can the Ravens get enough pressure on Burrow? I'm not even talking about sacking him, 
sacking him would be great, okay? But can they touch him enough so that he feels uncomfortable, mm-hmm. so that he's thinking about things? If he starts thinking about things, their whole off- their whole passing offense is predicated on timing. If he starts thinking, then timing gets thrown off, and that gives the DBs a chance. So in my opinion, can they make Burrow feel uncomfortable is the key to the game. All right. Talking sports with Gary Stein is something I'm always comfortable with. Gary, we appreciate your joining us today. How are things at Studio 83? Busy? Things are busy. I, 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 I don't, I'm not doing anything differently, so I don't think it's my, uh, you know, well, it's all that, manage- it's all that work <laughs> I put in strategizing with you. Oh yeah. 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 That's Remember that work? It. But no, yeah. Yeah. I guess things are busy. Videos hopping. I guess the check's in the mail. All right. Gary <laughs> Stein, always a pleasure to talk to you about sports and, uh, certainly in your wheelhouse talking about the Terps and the Ravens. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you, bud. I appreciate you. All right. All right. That is G. Stein. Um, Again, reminding you, I'm Stan the Fan, sitting in for Glenn Clark, uh, who is off on a Stevenson assignment today. I want to remind you also that both Glenn and myself are basically what you'd call big-time influencers for Superbook Sports. Um, They're the book that's next door, just a dedicated team of the best odd makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code STANCHARLES23 or Clark 23 No spaces, no capitals, all the same. STANCHARLES23. So bet with the best and use promo code STANCHARLES23 This football season with Superbook Sports, visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back with more of the show after these commercial words. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Maryland drivers, did you know you can save up to 77% on tolls with an EasyPass Maryland discount plan? That's right, 77%. It's never been easier. Pick the plan that's right for you at DriveEZMD.com. We'll keep you moving. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 The Fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. 
Mexico, a partnership of PressBox and Great Ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. It's a Maryland thing. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food, check. Quality of service, check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Visit Hartford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Hartford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Hartford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Hartford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Sure, Glenn may be in his 40s now, but he looks just as good as he ever has, and he's still as sharp as he ever was. And I say both those things without even a shred of irony. Find out for yourself right now by watching the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Welcome back in. Stan is in for Glenn today. Uh, as we continue along on this uh, Friday edition of GCR. We are sailing along with our first segment uh, behind us now. want to remind everybody that Ryan Spielborg, former Major League Baseball player, with the, mostly with the Colorado Rockies. Um, I don't have the other teams he played for in front of Come me. Come on, you're Immaculate Grid guy, Stan. Yeah, I know, I know. That's what you got to know now. Yesterday, I had a great grid going until – I got the San Diego Padres Gold Glove winner. And the only one that popped out at me that I knew won a Gold Glove was Ozzie Smith. But he was 17%. That threw me off. So that mm. took was me from where I was like Tony under Gwynn? 10. I don't think Tony Gwynn ever won a Gold, uh, a gold Glove. Uh, he, he professionally he only played uh, with uh, the the Rockies. Okay. Uh, but he was in the Indian, excuse me, the Cleveland uh, organization. organization as well as yeah. the Texas Rangers. Yeah. Okay. But never played a major league game with any of those. No, he so not. he's useless in the Immaculate Grid. Well, okay. if you need a Rockies guy that uh, okay. you know had a two seventy lifetime batting average, that but he's useless on, in terms of where would he fit in on an Immaculate Grid? If if you need a Rocky that you know had a two seventy lifetime batting average, but they don't do that. They, 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 they <laughs> they might need it. They they uh, cross. What's it called when, when they you... do? Okay, so when they when they once they go to uh, the, once they add like the China the, the China uh, baseball league. The, right. Uh, he played for the Cebu Lions. All right, Cebu. Cebu Lions. And sorry, that's oh. Japan. Yeah, Cebu yeah. Cebu yeah. Lions in Japan. So once they once we cross to international baseball. Yeah. 
Well, anyway, Ryan Spielberg is a very good baseball analyst. Yes, he is. And he's with Apple TV. He'll be in town, uh, or he is in town already, for tonight's game, which will be only available to watch on television on Apple TV. Five-time Gold Glover, Tony Gwynn. Five-time Gold Glover? Five-time Gold Glover. Wow. But I'll bet he w- but I'll bet he would have been, even though I dismissed him as a non-Gold Glove winner, I'll bet he would have been higher than Ozzie Smith. I think Ozzie Smith, in fact, was only 17% because most people think of him only as a St. Louis Cardinal. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably yeah. right. So Gwynn would Gwyn probably, probably be like been a higher. Higher, okay. And I would have just had to take my points because I can't, don't think I could name another one. I it's it's really I mean, has, has Machado. See, I figured Machado probably has won a Gold Glove at third base over there in five seasons. Maybe not because in uh, Arenado. Yeah, in yeah, Arenado's won every single one. Actually, right. So okay. He would not. So he ha- he wouldn't. And but Tatsis? it's it's tricky. What ta- has now that would have had to been his Gold Glove as an Oriole wouldn't count, would it? I, I don't think so. I feel like it changes sometimes. Where like sometimes I don't understand that sometimes. Uh, I, I Tatis f- has not won a Gold Glove. Okay, so he would not work. No, he does no. not want a Gold Glove. All right. Anyway, Ryan Spielberg at eleven o'clock. Todd Karpovich, who is our baseball beat writer for PressBox, uh, will join us at eleven twenty to help us figure out whether the sky is falling. Um, we've had. Griffin Bass's brother is in the yes. studio with us, Lucas Lucas Bass. That's right. right. That's correct. That's right. All right. Same Lucas. last name. Now you're at Fort Liberty. Yep. Fort and Liberty. You just Carolina. were telling me are are we allowed to talk about what you're training for? <laughs> I mean, or would uh, you have to kill me? I might. I, if I, I might have to have other people. Uh, yeah. Take care of that for all me. All right. All right. Yeah. You're you're in special ops. You're training wow. to be in special ops. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. Wow. Important. How did you decide? How does someone decide at your age? At such a, I mean, were you were you aware this was something you wanted to do when you were like fourteen or fifteen? Well, funnily enough, funnily. I is that a word? I don't think so. Funnily, funnily? I don't think so. No. I do not. Think no, it. I don't think. It ironic. But we understood what you meant. Yeah. yeah. Ironically, I wanted to be a police officer. Like when I was in high school, I tried really hard for it. Right. I applied all over the state of Maryland because I wanted to stay in Maryland. And nobody hired me. And I was young. I, did, I never went to college or anything like that. So I had that working against me. But I figured, you know, I had a pretty strong resume. Stand-up guy, good references. Um, but I couldn't get hired by anywhere. And I I tossed it around in high school, possibly joining the military. But I kind of always talked myself out of it. Because I didn't really think I had what it took, I guess. And uh, and all these doors were just kept Closing on me, yeah, and I was like, "Well, I got to do something here because," and I've always wanted to travel, and uh, I was like, "Well, let me just see what." Did you think about a life of crime? (laughs) I, I, you, you you were in, you were interested in right solving. I was thinking about going the other way for a little bit, yeah, and then I, uh, I figured that wasn't too fun because I think I'd be too good at, and I'd never be caught. So I moved on from that dream, (laughs) and um, and so I met around with a bunch of different recruiters, and I figured the army was for me. Uh, they've got they're the biggest the most opportunities you know you can jump out of planes yep. get paid to jump out of planes which is awesome um, you know bases all over the world of course I'll be in North Carolina which is nice it's only five six hour drive from here um, maybe go to a Tides game I always want to go to a Tides game kind of close to there um, and I figured that that was the best for me and they let you choose your job which is cool and I know I wanted to do something really cool and 
they had that opportunity open for me. So right. I, yeah. Special That's ops. Right. Special ops is fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are the guys that went in and got Bin Laden, found them, uh, found them, and got them. Yeah. 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 That could have been lines. you. It could have been. Should have yeah. been born ten years earlier. Yeah. yeah. Should have been me. It's exciting. Yeah. Yes, it is. Exciting. Yes, it is. Now, were the two of you both athletes? I mean, yeah, but like not, uh, I don't know. not serious. No, I mean, I, I guess I am a dodgeball national champion, so so yes, dodgeball. Yeah, yeah. We, he, Is that co-ed dodgeball? I mean, uh, well, it, it was club. Hopefully, it was club. hopefully. Well, yes, it was. Yeah, it was all right. Club club level dodgeball and. National, and how about you, Luke? How about you, Lucas? Yeah, I mean, I always liked, I always liked playing sports. I uh, obviously not a national champion, no. but um, I'm pretty. We play basketball pretty much three or four times a week. At the gym in uh, down in North Carolina, and you're the point guard. I, I I feel like I've got a pretty good eye. I think I'm, I got pretty good handles and stuff. I'm not good beyond the arc, but I can drive and you're make a brawler. Moves. So yeah, I I feel like I'm a pretty good one up top there. Right. Wow, okay. right. give me some big men underneath. And how big a sports fan are you? We know that uh, your brother lives Griffin I, lives lives for sports. I mean, I was. I always kind of thought of myself as not a huge sports fan compared to him because I was always, he was always my competition. Like he always knew anything ever. If I had a question about Russian ping pong, I could ask him and he'd know. Um, yeah. And I never really, right I was kind of always like, you know, well, compared to him, I'm nothing. But then, you know, kind of joining the army and talking about sports, everybody was, I kind of became the sports guy. I was like, oh, maybe I know. I picked up some stuff through osmosis or whatever through him. Um, and plus he would, write me letters when I was in basic and we didn't have our phones or anything like that and he would write detailed letters pretty much play by play pitch by pitch pitch every Oreo game March Madness when that was going on he sent us he sent us brackets like 10 brackets and I passed them around and we had to run a pool down there yeah keep them hidden and uh so that was really cool like it kind of became a thing towards the end um of basic where everybody would kind of like gather around and we read pretty much his letters because everybody was wondering what was going on. Obviously, like, the Orioles were having a historical year, and that was the big thing, because everybody was like, the Orioles are crap. They were just yeah, saying terrible things about the Orioles. Yeah. Well, and, we were know, supposed to win 76 and a half right. games. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be like, well, read, you know, check this out. And they're like, no, there's no way. And then, especially, like, UFC, he kept a lot of people in, like, the John John Paul Jones he, fight. John Jones. John, John Bones. Jones. John Bones. John Bones. John Paul Jones. <laughs> <laughs> He's a pirate, I think. Um, in the Army. Anyway, but... uh. So yeah, he kept us really in Navy in date for that Navy. Yeah. Well, um, still same. Anyway, <laughs> uh, so yeah, he obviously he was the bigger sports fan, but I've definitely picked up a lot more, especially kind of coming out of high school and I could choose. I had more time to like choose and what to watch and stuff. But like last year before I like the years before I left, we'd probably go to like what fifteen twenty O's games, try to go as many Towson games and stuff. So through him, I became a really big sports fan. Right. Yeah, well, I'm glad my my daily sports column was able to serve yeah. this country. Uh, yeah. yeah, in kept, a way, kept morale high. <laughs> so you guys are th- you guys are tight. I can uh, tell. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, a little bit. All right. Well, welcome aboard, Lucas. I appreciate. Lucas I'm glad to be Bears. here. Hey, the place to be after this and every Ravens game this season is Press Box's Project Game Day. Glenn Clark and Rita Hubbard will react live to every game, offering their truly uncensored opinions about the team's decisions and results in each game. Plus, they'll be joined by some very special guests during the year, and you can chime in live during each show. Watch the shows live at youtube.com slash pressboxonline.com and watch Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL Chick 
on Twitter for a Zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show. So join Glenn and Rita this Sunday after Ravens Bengals. Project Game Day is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. And again, I just want to explain, you you watch the shows live at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and watch Glenn Clark Radio or the NFL Chick on Twitter for a Zoom link that will allow you to be a part of the show. And yeah. I, while I'm at it, I just want to tell folks that the Ty, Tyus Bowser Show is back for Season 3. And by the way, we will at the end of today's program here – it will actually, I will kick it to a, a segment from this segment, yes. past from week's show, ago. which was at the, the Guilford, Hamilton, Sports, the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Hamilton exactly. Sports Bar and Grill. Um, but it's back for season three. And by the way, the interview today, in case you missed it, is Rashad Bateman. Ooh, that's a good one. That a is tough, a good one. You yeah. do not want to miss this. Yeah, you do not want to miss that. Tyus Bowser's show is back for season three. Tyus and his special guests will join Glenn and Rita all over town throughout the season, giving you the chance to get inside the inside scoop and rub elbows with your favorite players. Ty's Bowser Show is a partnership of Pressbox and Great Eights Memorabilia and is brought to you by Superbook Sports and HelpMyGamblingProblem.org. For more information, visit PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Ty's Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. Mm-hmm. Do not want to miss those. Do not want to miss those. Don't, you don't want to miss the uh, Project Game Day either. They're, I know. I know. Glenn Reed are working hard to have. Uh, they're going to have some some pretty good guests uh, on the show as well as as well as you, the listeners. So yeah, that's going to be some good stuff. All right, there we have it. There we have it. Uh, what's left on the show today, uh, Mr. Bass? Uh, we still got Ryan Spielberg's coming up uh, in just a couple of, a couple of moments here, and then uh, we're going to check in with Todd Karpovich. I think we'll try to squeeze in some fighting words as well as well as that uh, that Tyus Bowser segment. Uh, so a lot, uh, still a lot to come here uh, uh, as we as we preview the weekend for you. Big Rays Orioles series continues, and uh, and obviously Ravens Bengals. Uh, we'll get we'll, so we'll be able to get to get into all of that as we move along. You know, one of the interesting aspects of this uh, discussion, and I wouldn't say that we've had a, a rather heated discussion or an in-depth discussion about the Orioles, whether the sky is falling or whether this is just a little speed bump on the road to uh, deep into the postseason um, was the attendance. This homestand, the Orioles came home. I heard that, uh, hey, not to worry, the Tampa Bay series is, you know, they're, they're, the advances on these games is really great. The four games that the Orioles have played so far, three against St. Louis and last night's against Tampa, the average attendance for those four games – 17,500, roughly, okay? Uh, Not good, not good. I'm surprised. I was surprised, i got to be honest with you. I thought the attendance held up well all season long until they came home. I think it was like August 22nd, that series against the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays at the time were probably six, seven games behind the Orioles, maybe as many as eight or nine. But it was a big series, and you would have thought that the, the, the advance on games like that, you know, a head-to-head against one of your division rivals, uh, a team that on paper looked to be pretty much as good as the Orioles or better, uh, that, that that series would have drawn in the 30s for all three games. 
But lo and behold, it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It could have been a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. But there were weeknights. And the attendance for each of those games was like 22,000. Now, that was before kids went back to school. Then the Rockies came to town. Not an attractive, uh, uh, you know, opponent. But they had the Felix Bautista bobblehead on Saturday night, which ironically, he got hurt the, mm-hmm. the Friday night. Right. So that's a horrible thing with the bobblehead thing. They, they really should do something different with that. Uh, anyway, the, the attendance for that game Saturday night was 43, 44,000 people. It's a sellout. But the Friday and Sunday games were not that great. And now they come home for this series. Granted, St. Louis, not a great opponent this right. year, but a storied franchise comes to Baltimore maybe every four years or something like that, at least the way interleague play was played before this season where everybody plays everybody, uh, so they'll be here more often. But 15000 a game for those three games, and now uh, last night against the Tampa Bay Rays, just uh, 24,000 fans. Four games average 17,000 fans per game. A little bit disappointed, more than a little bit. Yeah. Lucas? Yeah, I mean, you love – it was my first game, obviously, this year. And like I said earlier, we'd always be going to the games. And I, I always thought, like last night, I thought – I was really impressed with the crowd, actually. And I think that was just because coming out of our years prior where it was just dismal. So, uh, yeah, yeah that's my take and, on it. And I echo that, too. I think it, it, maybe it was a smaller crowd than maybe we were expecting. But I felt like the crowd that was there was very invested in the game and, and was hanging on with every single pitch. Yeah, but that, it, it that felt- used to be translated in the, in the turnstile count, you know, and 24,000 yeah. – against the team that you're trying to to win the division against maybe people isn't great maybe people aren't happy with the ownership maybe they're trying to you know. maybe they're saying something <laughs> maybe they're saying something do we have our guests yes we do all right uh i've had this gentleman on a couple times once on the old bat around show and a couple times sitting in for glenn he is ryan spielborg and ryan how are you my friend i'm doing good baltimore is nice right now weather's awesome it is it's beautiful weather Ryan, before we get into the nitty-gritty, I just discovered that as far as the immaculate grid goes, you are irrelevant. You're useless in the immaculate grid. That's not true. Have you won a silver slugger award, a gold glove award? No, but I hit 300 multiple seasons in the oh, big league, so yeah. like, I'm good on the Rockies if you put me on a... A player with oh, over that's, 300 seasons. Uh, okay, okay. I, I, I stand corrected. Because to me, you've always been uber relevant. But now to hear that, I'm glad because I played yeah, a grid. Yeah, I, I can I, help you win. I'm like a point zero 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 one. You could have a really good rarity score we, if you pick me. We do a Zoom each week with Ross, Ross Grimsley. I'm sure you're familiar with that name. Uh, and Ross is a 0.02 guy, so we call him the old 0.2 percenter. But it's good to talk to you, Ryan. Um, this is a pretty intriguing matchup, isn't it, between the Rays and the Orioles? I think uh, dollar-wise we would have expected it to be Toronto and Boston uh, or the Yankees in Toronto. Uh, Orioles and Tor- uh, Tampa, pretty interesting series. I love it. I love it for so many different reasons. Uh, I think first off, let's start with like homegrown talent and kind of thinking outside the box. Both Tampa and Baltimore have done a good job in the last couple of years. 
I think, you know, from people that are looking from the outside and, and to your point, you know, you, you might have thought Yankees, you might have thought Boston, Boston fired um, Heim Bloom yesterday. So, you know, like getting your butt kicked by the Orioles and Tampa year after year after year uh, eventually led to some of the big guys getting rid of their executives. So I think it's important, especially in this time, you know, when you're, when you're talking about the Orioles and, and what's gone on in the last couple of years, uh, there's there's been moments where, you know, like it hasn't been fun. It hasn't been fun to talk about. Um, there's been an elephant in the room, right? Like when you talk about slashing payroll and some of the decision making, and then now it comes full circle, and you're watching this team on on the verge of winning a division with Baltimore against a team like Tampa, which is like I don't think any team in baseball has gone through as much up and downs as far as on-field issues, off-field issues, uh, players getting hurt, like key players, and stay in a position like the Tampa Bay Rays are at. So even if you're not a fan of the Rays, that organization's pretty easy to cheer for just because of how they've gone about their business. Ryan, I do a weekly, I do a weekly uh, Major League Baseball power rankings, and I had actually about three weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I, Tampa had been – one through three the entire season. They were number one for probably the first two months of the season. Um, they gradually moved down a little. I had them when the Franco injury hit, uh, the Franco situation came up, and it was kind of assumed that he wasn't going to play again this year. I moved them all the way down to number 10. They barely stayed. That was about four weeks ago. How have they been able with – to withstand the losses of Shane McClanahan, Drew Rasmussen, and Jeffrey Springs, and now this terrible loss of Wander Franco, um, you know, and how have they been able to to bounce back and look like the better team right this second? Yeah, that's that's the that's the thing, right? Like they, I, I I've used the analogy of Tampa Bay Rays are like a really good college football program where the mm-hmm. system works. And, and you can mix and match the parts, and, and year after year, through the transfer portal or somebody getting drafted, you know, the, the team continues to win. And so in the case of Tampa, I mean, they, they built depth. In uh, the Franco situation, really is, it's a black eye. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a terrible story. Yep. Um, I don't, like, he's not going to play this year. I don't know if he ever plays. Yep. Um, but they were able to move past it. And they, you know, it's, it's tough to talk about baseball when you're talking about stuff like that. But, you know, in the baseball vacuum, Taylor Walls has stepped up. They, they have Basane who's stepped up. They have all these, like, players that you've never even heard of uh, that have stepped up. And I'll give you an example. Robert Stevenson, who is a bullpen reliever, and you know that the, the Tampa Bay Rays bullpen, I think it's 34 consecutive innings without giving up a run. Mm. Like, that's, that's crazy. And it's a name you've never heard of. Robert Stevenson was with the Rockies for about three years. And when Robert would come into the game, people would go, oh, no, here, here comes Bob. <laughs> and the, the, game's, the game's about to get blown out, right? Like, he was not even a plus-side reliever. He was, he was somebody, when he came into the game, the game was over. And it wasn't, it wasn't in the Rockies' favor. He comes to Tampa. And he's with Kyle Snyder. And by the way, Kyle Snyder, the pitching coach yep. for Tampa, yep. would be the highest probably desirable person in baseball, better than a free agent, better than an executive, because Snyder has this magic touch 
And Snyder got Robert Stevenson to buy into his cutter and his slider and to throw it a little bit harder. And if you've looked at Robert Stevenson, believe it or not, second half stat numbers are better than Devin Williams, better than Josh Hader, better than people that are the elite closers in baseball. And that, that to me, says what Tampa's doing uh, with players that you've never heard of. Well, they took, a, they took a guy who we took off the scrap heap, Sean Armstrong, and turned him into a serviceable reliever. He's in, he's in Tampa. You know, he's been there now. I think this is parts of his third season with Tampa. And he's having almost like I'm, – I'm not comparing it exactly to Zach Britton – but his earned run average, and he's pitched in probably about 50 games this year, maybe yeah. more, his earned run average is like 0.8. So that's a, yeah. another one that Kyle Snyder uh, kind of uh, helped out. Yeah, there's, there's, there's too many cases of, of where, the, where the Tampa Bay Rays see something. And I do point out, you know, one, of the, one of the big benefits for Tampa um, is that they do play in a dome. And the reason why I always point this out because they do have differences with their splits, their home road splits for the pitching staff. And you could imagine, you know, Tampa is baseball's biggest pitching lab. That is the place where, you know, like your slider in the bullpen is the same slider that you could throw in the game. And so they are dialed in in Tampa. And there's a reason why these guys, they build confidence, and then they end up having the performance to follow suit. So they, they have some additional benefits. A lot of teams that do play in domes, Arizona, you saw a big increase in pitching this year. Mm-hmm. Houston, for the last couple of years, Toronto should be doing better, but they keep the roof open all the time. The variables of, of playing outside versus the variables of playing within a dome, there's an advantage there, and Tampa's taking advantage of that. That's very interesting because that's not something I would have readily picked up on. Very interesting. Um, the Orioles, uh, up until 12, 13, 14 days ago, it looked like it was sort of destiny that the Orioles were going to win the division. Uh, since then, we lost Felix Bautista, which which is a major, major blow. But I think we've got the arms that can – in other words, our little mini slump here has nothing to do with uh, games not being closed out. Uh, but the Ryan Mountcastle injury is sneakily – seems like a more dangerous injury for the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, let, let me get Bautista first. Batista, yep. yeah, I've been arguing on, on our national radio show that Batista should be a, a Cy Young and an MVP candidate just based on, on the season that he's had. Uh, Batista's been amazing. You know, you don't want to go into eighth or ninth inning with Cano or, or Batista because the game's over. So for five and a half months, the Orioles were basically, basically playing a seven-inning game. Yep. Which very few teams of baseball that did that. So it is, it is a devastating blow. I'm also... Yeah, I was happy to hear that that he's starting to play some catch. They're not sure if they're going to get him back, but I mean, Batista really had a season one for the ages, especially when you consider you know relievers and closers. They they often don't get much love when it comes to MVP voting. Um, as far as Mountcastle, I think they kind of dodged the bullet yesterday, hearing that uh, there's a chance that he's day to day. Because I'm with you, I think Mountcastle. When I look at Baltimore's lineup, top to bottom, it's a long lineup. So I, I like that they don't chase a, much, chase a lot. I like that there's power there. Um, I like that there's on base. I like that they, what I like to say, stack the lineup. Um, so every single inning, there's a, there's a chance that somebody's on base. Mountcastle not being in the five or six hole, 
kind of dampers the lineup a little bit. You're putting a lot more pressure on on some of these young players to step up, and uh, you know it's it's not easy. You, you got your major league debut with uh, Kerstad yesterday, and and he's pinch hitting late, which I love. I think that's awesome that he's pinch hitting in a in a leverage spot in the game. But that's still a lot of pressure on, on guys just kind of get their feet wet at the major league level. We're talking with Ryan Spielborg. Ryan is the co-host of the Power Alley. Uh, can be heard on, uh, what is it, uh, 89, Channel 89 on your Sirius Yeah, we're, we're, loud, we're loud out. We're, we're loud out. I'm sorry. I apologize. You took, over, no, you took over the old Power Alley show. Yep, that's it's right. a loud out. And that show is, are you Monday through Friday in that uh, that afternoon slot? Yep, we are Monday through Friday, basically 2 to 5 Eastern. Okay, and is that with CJ every day, or is Brad Lidge part of that as well? Uh, we, we mix and match. Mix and match. When Lidge, whenever Lidge feels like working. All right. Uh, Ryan is here to do the tonight's game, color analyst on the Apple broadcast. Uh, Griffin Bass has a question for you, Ryan. Uh, now that we've been talking about these this, these injuries, Bautista and Mountcastle, we've kind of gone back and forth all summer whether we think you know this Orioles team is capable of winning a World Series. Certainly the loss of Bautista, and we're not sure how long Mountcastle will be out, kind of dampers that. But how far do you think this, this Orioles team is capable of going this season? Uh, I mean, there's been different times where I think they can go all the way. Uh, I still think they're capable of doing it. If they win their division, if they win the division, I like their chances a lot more. Going through the wild card is going to be kind of a gauntlet. So if, if you can win the division, and, and now if the Orioles win a game, they have the tiebreaker on Tampa. Right. So like that's that's huge. So you and of course you want to win. You want to take the series. They so want to win the next three. If you split the series, you're still okay. Um, so you won't get any game, uh, ground game by Tampa. But if Baltimore does win their division, which is, I really do think they can do it. Um, then I like their chances for a pretty deep run. But if they don't, the challenge is going to be extra tax on the starting rotation, which we know has been kind of weakened a little bit. And we also know that it's going to put extra burden on the bullpen. So if, if they can get the division, I would like their chances for a nice long run. Hey, uh, we talked about Kyle Snyder. Uh, Chris Holt's been doing a pretty sensational job here for a couple of years. I think he's in year three as pitching coach of the Orioles. But one of the pitchers he hasn't quite reached yet is Jack Flaherty. I'm sure you've seen Flaherty a good bit being out there in Colorado, doing a lot of work in Colorado National League. What's what's up with him, and is he capable of more down the stretch here? He is. I think his struggle has been – I mean, when you're coming back from a shoulder injury, yep. which is what Jack's come back from, Yep you tend to lose your release point. And, and I saw this multiple times. You saw him early in the year when he was with St. Louis. Um, multiple release points on different pitches. So a fastball, four-seam might be higher. Uh, Two-seam might be lower. Slider might be at a different angle. And the cutter might be at a different angle. So it, it basically alerts a hitter of what's coming. So any, any sort of discrepancy for major league hitters, they'll pick it up. So I think in the case of Jack Flaherty was, was trying to figure out which pitches can he, can he throw from the same release point that he can throw for strikes? Uh, and that's been the challenge, right? So you, you do have somebody that's coming back from, from injury that is doing some mechanical, has some mechanical flaws. And when you have mechanical flaws and then you're, you're not able to throw strikes, that, that basically compounds into what you get with Jack. I, I mean, this guy's a good competitor. 
He's been there before. He's got the stuff if he's right. So I, I, I believe in this guy. I think he was worth the trade. Um, but you're, you're also dealing with somebody that has some other issues outside of baseball, right? The mechanics and the mental side of it. Yep. And I can't answer that question for him. I, I got one other question about Flaherty real quick, and then I got one other baseball question before we let you go, Ryan. Uh, if you were if you were Jack Flaherty's agent, I've watched him now pitch six, seven times for the Orioles. Loved them back in 2019. I thought he was the best pitcher in all of baseball in 2019. Is he a future closer candidate to you in your mind? Is he more likely to be a star as a closer or getting back to being Jack Flaherty from 2019? That's interesting. I haven't thought about him as a closer just because of the walk rate. I yep. mean, you really can't afford uh, to put people on base mm-hmm. late in the game, so I would shy away from a closer's role for now. Okay. I, I certainly think his stuff is good enough yep. to do whatever he wants. But you know, in the in the case of every every pitcher that's ever pitched in the big leagues wants to be a starter. Yep. Because that's how you make more money. <laughs> I hear so, you. I hear. Uh, I mean, that's that's the key, right? Like. Like, if you're talking about him as a back-end reliever, that's a one-year deal. If you're talking about him as a starter, that's a three- or four-year deal and, and buku bucks. Yeah. So, I, always uh, use the, I always use the example, Ryan, when I used to argue with Kevin Malone about this in Baltimore back in the 90s, that, uh, that, um, that uh, Arthur Rhodes, I always said he was a relief pitcher. He ended up having about a 16- or 17-year career where he made $50 million dollars. Doesn't look the way Jack's career is going right now that he's going to, you know, be able to max out as a starter. So that's just my take. Never know. All right. You never know. Hey, I got one other question. Yesterday, Boston Red Sox uh, relieved Chaim Bloom of his job, uh, and a note came out on online on Twitter uh, that since since uh, Theo Epstein left in 2011, Ben Charrington was GM for. 1,363 days, Dave Dombrowski, 1,425 days, Kyle Bloom, 1,417 days. Are we ready to see Theo Epstein dip his toes back into uh, running a baseball team and maybe part of the deal with an, a bonus of some type of small ownership stake in the Red Sox? That'd be interesting. I, I mean, it's from all the accounts that I've heard with Theo, I mean, he's He's on a track to become a, the future MLB commissioner. So yeah, yeah. I think I think that's that's a better role for him. Yeah, uh, he's he's already helped implement the uh, Don shift and some of these base stealing rules. That's on Theo. Yeah, so that, I know that's that. Yeah. His recommendation. So I I don't see him coming back to Boston. I don't think. I mean, he's already won it there, so I don't yeah. I don't know why he would want to go back. Um, so Interesting. I think he's. I think you're. I think you're moving on. You're probably looking at some, some executives from. Other organizations, I would I would key in on Atlanta. I'd key in on the Dodgers. Any of their executives, okay. like a Brandon Gomes, okay. might be interesting. Interesting. I always learn more when I talk to you, Ryan. I appreciate it very much. You got it. My pleasure. All right. There's Ryan Spielberg of uh, Loud Outs. Boy, it shows I hadn't listened to the show in a while, Lucas. I called it uh, the Power Hour. Power that was the old show that uh, – Jim Bowden and uh, Casey Stern used to do oh, really? Power Alley. Power Alley. Yeah, I'm, I could have boom. I could have <laughs> shot myself <laughs> for that. His shows Loud Outs. Loud Outs, right. of course. That used yes. to be the Saturday morning show on XM, but 
Mm. I'm not in my car as much since the right. pandemic. Mm. Yeah. Interesting stuff yes, yes, from, it is. from uh, Ryan yeah, Spielberg. He's, he's very knowledgeable. Looking forward to hearing him tonight on the Apple TV Plus call. Yeah. yeah. Who's doing the play-by-play on that game? Do, uh, do we know? That's a good question. I think it's been Alex Faust the last couple weeks, or at least over the summer it was. Uh, I can have an answer have an, for they you. They also shortly. have an Anderson. That Brian Anderson does some does of he the, does the Apple TV games sometimes? I think he, I think he I does. I do love me some Brian Anderson. Yeah. He's a solid guy. <laughs> uh, Todd Karpovich due up uh, shortly. Uh, he will be joining us uh, to close out sort of baseball coverage on the program. Lucas Bass in, in the brother of Griffin Bass. Lucas, are you um, worried about the Orioles right now after this uh, mini uh, streak of losing three games in a row, four uh, out of five? It's nothing that we haven't really been through before. I mean, yeah, it's a tough it's tough to lose two to the Cardinals, who are obviously not a good baseball team, and then going into, like you said, an important series against the Rays, and then Houston, it's going to show a lot. But, uh, I mean, we've seen this team be resilient more than anything else we've seen. So, I, I'm i not worried too much. I think. Always, there's always a level the first time a team is truly a contender. Mm-hmm. Are they ready for, you know, what they're facing right now with Tampa? If they somehow get by the gauntlet and stay in front of Tampa, right. bodes really well for this team being a really incredibly tough out. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's yeah, that's yeah. my opinion. Uh, it is Alex Faust, by the way, uh, alongside Alex Ryan Faust. Spielberg All right. tonight on Apple TV. All right, Todd Karpovich up next. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving. What, what are you doing? I'm trying to get Lucas to grab the the, the press box so he can oh, show it. Oh, yeah, the yeah. press box. I'm sorry. <laughs> as we're as we're doing, it looked the like you were pointing pointing at the spittle yeah, the, the spittle lading uh, uh, mic uh, screen. My fault. My fault. There my we go. Fault. I right. totally did hold that up. Hold it? that up. Let's start this again. The latest edition of Press Box yeah. is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is he ready to take the Ravens to the next level? with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers. Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry, Pete Shinnick, bring to Navy and Towson, respectively, and we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. We'll be back with Todd Karpovich after these commercial messages. Why bet with the big boys this football season? Instead, try your hand with the local book, Superbook Sports, this fall. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas making sure you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to $250 when you sign up and wager on the same day and use the promo code GlennClark23, G-L-E-N-N-C-L-A-R-K-2-3. So bet with the best. And use the promo code GlennClark23 this football season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The Maryland Five Star returns to iconic Fair Hill October 19th to 22nd, marking the next chapter in Maryland's equestrian tradition. Best described as the triathlon of horse eventing, you won't want to miss this thrilling sport. Enjoy a fall festival with local fair, retail vendors, and tons of family fun. Come for the event and stay for the experience in Cecil County, home to the Chesapeake Bay waterfront with vibrant small towns and accommodations to suit every desire. It's the place to be in October. Visit Maryland5star.us for tickets. It's a Maryland thing you wouldn't understand. Where the waves meet the shore, you will find Dorchester County. Hi, this is Jimmy Charles. When I think of Maryland, I think Dorchester County on the eastern shore where it's open for making memories. Dorchester County, it's a Maryland thing. For more info, visit www.visitdorchester.org. It's a Maryland thing. What's up, everyone? It's Tyus Bowser, and I've had so much fun hanging out with Rita and putting up with Glenn the last couple years that I've decided to do it again. Season three of the Tyus Bowser Show is happening this year as we'll be all over town, giving you the chance to get to know me and some of my teammates. As we talk football, life in general, and just say what needs to be said, you can find out more about the show by going to pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. If you don't live in the area, you can watch the shows live on Facebook and YouTube. And if you miss one, you can listen Friday nights at 105.7 a fan. So we'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show a partnership, a press box, and great ace memorabilia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. The next Tyus Bowser show is Tuesday, September 26th at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North. It's brought to you by Superbook Sports. Make sure you're tuned in every Tuesday for Pressbox fantasy football analyst Joe Serpico to get you ready for your waiver wire Wednesday, brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel. And if you have other fantasies you want fulfilled, subscribe to Glenn and Jeremy Kahn's OnlyFans page at... Wait, are people supposed to know about that? We are back. Stan the fans sitting in for Glenn Clark, who had to address some Stevenson business, Stevenson University. Is it, it true the rumors sad. that he's going to take over as Dean Clark? <laughs> Dean Clark. Yeah. That'd be something. That would that really the guy that played be Superman? something. That was Dean Cain. Dean, yeah, boy, he had a great my... career. Hey, um, real quick, I do two Zooms every week, Monday and Thursday normally. The Thursday Zoom is usually at 7 o'clock. The Monday Zoom has moved around a little bit, but it's worth finding. Uh, this week we'll probably be on at 3.30 or 4 o'clock. Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson, and I kicking the baseball around uh, around the field, we'll be talking about it. Don't have the guests yet for midweek. Been holding out for somebody. 
uh, we'll keep you abreast of that. And don't forget the guys that do the show Saturday morning. I'm on with them at about 1025 to 1050, and that is the batter round with Paul Valley and Zach uh, Goodman. All right. Todd Karpovich joins us now. Todd is kind of the beat writer for the Baltimore Orioles for Press Box. I misstated that. But he also does so much more. Todd, how many different publications and websites do you write for? Is it over 20 yet? It used to be that way. I'm cutting it down now with you guys, basically, covering the Orioles. We're doing the Associated Press. All right. <clears throat> You're the man, though, Todd. You're on top of everything. Tell us uh, the Orioles. One and three over these last four games. Um, a mini, a mini little slump here. It's the first time they have faced a little bit of adversity this year. Uh, are they able to? Are they able to glide past it, or do you think they're ready for a little bit deeper fall right now, Todd? Well, last night I thought you know after the game you thought these guys would have been um, you know despondent. You know they lost three in a row. Um, but they seem pretty optimistic. You know, I said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna flush this one and start tomorrow. You know, they still got three games with, with the Rays. They can still, you know, they can still have a good series here. Um, last night was disappointing. The, the bats, the bats were the problem. They struck out 15 times. Um, you know, they didn't get. A, I think they were tied the last uh, 14 batters to end the game. Um, you know, they, they had four hits, two were solo home runs. Um, but you know, after the game, you know, the, the players and Hyde. Team optimistic, they're ready to bounce back. So, um, you know, hopefully for the Orioles, you know, they, they, they can write the ship today because this is a this is the biggest series of camp, maybe the biggest series of Kim Yard's history as far as what's going to mean for the regular season. Yeah, so, um, I, I would Orioles, say Orioles got I would say this is the biggest series since we beat the Tigers in fourteen. You know, yeah, I think this yeah, is the biggest yeah. series since then, and the uh, as 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 it revealed itself in two thousand fourteen. That team wasn't quite as good as a lot of us thought they were. Uh, they had some on-base issues back then. Uh, but uh, this team has had the staying power for 143, 145 games, and they've, they've got to uh, be able to close it out. Uh, Todd, what's your, what have your impressions been of Jack Flaherty? And I think of any of the members of the starting rotation you'd want on the mound tonight – Flaherty, so far, what he's shown us would make him the least desirable candidate for this guy, but he's also probably had the, the best season of any pitcher the Orioles have had, uh, the Orioles ha- have on their roster in the major leagues back in 2019. Yeah, he, he's largely been a disappointment since he came to the Orioles. Yep. Um, he, maybe it's the, big, the adjustment to the American League, the AL East, um, but yeah, he has not pitched well. And he admits that, you know, he owns it. Um, you know, he, he, he says, you know, he, he's got to get out of this funk. And he's got to get out of it tonight because there's going to be a lot of pressure on him to throw. You know, he's, he's got to go deeper into games. He's got to show better command. You know, he's got to not give up home runs. This is, this is a big start for Flaherty and Orioles at tonight. Yeah, he has, not, he has not pitched the same way he pitched in St. Louis. But, you know, and he's taking responsibility for it, which is a good thing. But now but now you, you got you got to perform. you, you got to get it done because this is a big game tonight. You know, they're going to have a sell out crowd. They got Adam Jones from the back. Um, you know, it's, a, it's going to be electric down there. So, they, you know, it's going, to be, it's going to go a long way, you know, as far as the rest of the Orioles season setting the momentum tonight. What's your take on the Adam Jones and the Orioles relationship now? It seems to have been, first of all, I don't think it was ever deeply severed or hurt 
by Jones's taking that not taking that trade to Phillies uh, back in eighteen, but but there was some distance between the two sides. It seems like the relationship is warmed up. Yeah, it really does. You know, he, he, you know, I think Adam when he was the further he got removed from the game, you know, he learned to appreciate it. You know, I think he was angry the way it ended with the Orioles. Um, I think you know he wished they had reached out to him earlier when he left. You know. To, you know, to have something for him at the park. And I think, you know, as time went on, you know, the wounds healed. And Adam Jones, you know, I think, you know, it's a big night for him tonight. And hopefully, you know, he can be do something with the organization going forward, you know, in some capacity. Because he's definitely a guy you want to have around. You know, he, he, was a, he was a loyal – he came out, he played hard every single day. He, he was a role model for the other players. You know, he, he was great with the fans. Um, so, yeah, you know, hopefully this, 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 this is a relationship. It's not just, you know, a short-term thing. It, it's a long-term thing where Adam Jones could find – to work with the club in some capacity because it's going to be positive. I think it's positive for the Orioles to have him around. Yeah, I think one of the smart things John Angelos did when he took over running the team was reach out to two iconic Orioles, Eddie Murray and Brooks Robinson, to have them kind of on board on in a ceremonial. I mean, they both make a little bit of money, but the, in a ceremonial fashion, so you got somebody there. It sure seems – I'm not limiting Adam to that, but it sure seems – like Adam could be part of that in the future, maybe a broadcasting uh, role of some kind, maybe a consultancy role. But it, it does seem like there's a fit for Adam Jones and the Orioles moving forward. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, the, the fans here, they love the players. I mean, people love it. I mean, nobody, th- nobody hits you in the face with a pie better than Adam Jones. No, no. And they endeared him to the fans, you know. So, yeah, the, the fans always seem to, to side with the players. And, and these little spats with, with the club. So, yeah, it behooves the Orioles to, you know, to kind of bring these guys back and, and, and show them some love and, you know, and get them involved because the fans appreciate it. Yeah. Like I said, you know, the fans, they take the side of the players because the players are the ones that feel performing. Uh, Todd, it's Griffin here. Uh, while we're talking about uh, Adam Jones, you know, Mr. Oriole for 10 years while he was here, uh, we're kind of waiting for that next uh, who should be Mr. Oriole a guy who made a spectacular grab last night playing Adam Jones' position. Cedric Mullins, do you want to see an extension? I mean, we want to see extension for a lot of these guys, but should Cedric Mullins be number one on that list? I, I, I think so. You know, I, th- I think Cedric Mullins should be number one on that list. Just the way he, the way he plays, the way he turns to the team. I think he could be, um, you know, he'd be affordable. You know, they can get this deal done. You know, he's not going to be like a – I know Adley Rushman sort of negotiations. Um, I think Cedric wants to be here. Um, I think he's a good fit here, and I think yeah, that would have sent a good good message to the team. You know, all three of those outfielders. You know, uh, Cedric, you know, Austin Hayes, you know, and uh, you know, um, and Santander. All three of those guys. They were here during the lean times. You know, and they, they played their they played their hearts out. Now now you know they're with a team pushing for 100 wins. But yeah, I think Cedric will be a guy. They should, they should sit down and try to get this done, you know, as soon as possible. And same thing, you know, and, and Hayes is signed for the year. But those, those three guys, you know, they're, they're sort of mainstays. You know, they talk about the young guys in the clubhouse. We asked about it yesterday. But, you know, you got guys, you know, some of the veteran guys are really the glue, glue for this team, for the young guys' leadership. Um, yeah, I think Cedric would be a great guy to sort of extend because he's got a lot of good baseball ahead of him. Getting back to the team as it's currently faring, uh, the Ryan Mountcastle situation. For, well, let, let me put the the cart back behind the horse. Felix Bautista, you don't reasonably see any chance he's going to pitch again this year, do you? No, I don't. I think they're just hoping, right. hoping he doesn't be Tommy John 
and just shut down all next year. Right. Um, that, that, I think that's the goal now. Maybe doing some light stuff and seeing how that, that other field, because I think, um, you know, if you was going to have Tommy John, I think they would have did it, you know, right away. Yep. You want to do that as early as possible so they get back as soon as possible. But you, so haven't, think, you, you know, haven't heard anything about him getting a PRP injection either, have you yet? No, I've not. I've not. Okay. You know, they've been real hush-hush with these, but they, they, you know, they sort of, don't let him talk to the media. They keep, they keep him distance when he's around. Right. But yeah, right. I think I think I don't think he pitches this year. But I think the goal is to have him ready for next year. Okay. Uh, but the other injury, which is which is more thorny right now, because the lineup doesn't look as potent as it does when Ryan Mountcastle is available. Do you think they bit the bullet on this thing? Well, Hyde said yesterday they were really pleased with with the test results for. Um, Mountcastle, he said before the game yesterday, he was available off the bench. Now, why he didn't come off the bench in a game like that when you need his bat, um, I don't know. Um, so maybe they'll give him a couple of days. But Hyde said he's not, he's not, uh, he's not an IL candidate. He's not an IL candidate. He's going to be with the team. So, you know, maybe they'll give him a few days that's short. But I'll tell you what, Ryan was really, um, he was really despondent when he was yeah. after that game. He looked like he, looked like he was going to be a long term thing. Yep. But Orioles said, you know, Earl said no. So I guess we'll have to see if he's in the lineup tonight. I, I don't suspect it'll be in the lineup tonight. I guess you maybe look from the pinch hit. But yeah, that's something to keep an eye on. Okay. Fascinating. Tonight, the Orioles uh, match up. The game is on Apple TV. It's not available on Masson. Tonight, it's Jack Flaherty against Zach Eflin uh, tonight at 7.05 tomorrow night. And I guess you should be in your seats. Like by about six thirty tonight for the yeah, celebration. Six thirty to start the ceremony, and there's yeah. about forty eight thousand people down there. Yeah, so that's, the that's, earlier you get down there, the better. That's great. It's the first night of Rosh Hashanah, so I'm not going to be able to make it down tonight. But um, yeah. uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm, I'm upset about that because Adam Jones, one of my favorite favorite Orioles of recent vintage, no question about it. Um, you got a higher power edge to your stand. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. I understand. I got to stay on the side of the side of the big man upstairs. Yeah, exactly. And I'm not talking exactly. about John Angelos. I'm talking about the big man, the really big well, man. Well, I'll do that tonight. I'll hey, do that tonight. For your, for your hey, yeah. hey. Um, so far, you know, the, the Brandon Hyde has been able to kind of expertly navigate, partly because of game situations. But and I'm not taking anything away from losing Bautista, but it seems like with Cano, Fuji, um, Hall, Jorge Lopez coming back, it seems like this club is is fairly well fortified to figure it out late in games, doesn't it? Yeah, he can. I think the full. I think they can. You know, absorb when the Bautista injury happened, that people panicked. But I think Hyde. I get enough arms back there to absorb it. You know, I think Cano can close. He has good stuff. You know, he's got some depth back there. And then, you know, you get into the postseason, you got some of these starters who can move to the bullpen yep. and give them some long release. So I think they're going to be okay. I think yeah. they're going to be okay. My biggest concern right now is, is, is hitting the ball because they, they, have not, they have not hit the ball in the last three games. Yeah. And I'm sorry I left out two, the two left-handers, CNL Perez, who's had a remarkable return to form. And Danny Colom, who's been a great, Cologne, great pickup, yeah. yeah. So the Orioles yeah. bullpen hasn't been the the reason for this little skid here. Um, Todd, we really appreciate your being on. Griffin, you got one more for Todd? Uh, yeah. Um, 
as we're talking about Brendan Hyde, is he a shoe in for the AL Manager of the Year, or should we, are we gonna have to wait and see who wins this division? I think it's between him and Cash. Cash has dealt with a lot of adversity this year. You know, losing his number one pitcher, he had that controversy. You know, with one of his players, and they've overcome it. You know, um, I, I I think uh, yeah, I think it comes down to win the division because I think they're neck and neck. I do think Brendan Hyde deserves it. I think Brendan Hyde has um, has shown. You know, you look you look at his full his full record here, what he's what he's been able to do with this club. I, I do think Brendan Hyde deserves it. But yeah, I, I think it would come down to him and Cash. Todd, let me ask you lastly before we go. Do you understand, does the media understand what his status is? I'm not suggesting he's going anywhere, but is he signed through next year or is this something at the end of the year, whatever extension they gave him, you could see them saying, hey, let's make this more, you know, a little bit reward him with three years or something like that? I would, I would hope so. Him, him and Mike Elias have a, have a good relationship. Yep. I'm, like, I'm like Buck and like Duquette. Um, so I think yeah I think uh, I think that yeah Hyde earned it you know he earned it. Uh, I think he likes it here I think he's comfortable I think the players like him yep. he's a good fit yeah I, I think I think Elias does extend something in the offseason here to get Hyde signed for a couple more years yeah I agree with you I, and one of the things you know about Brandon that I really appreciate it's one of the behind the scenes things that you and I and all the other members of the media got to witness is Brandon knows his position. He's the manager of the baseball team. He's going to get some input behind the scenes, but he doesn't need to politic for certain things publicly, undermining a GM. Yeah, you know, and he, and he, and he takes accountability too. You know? Yeah, he takes accountability, which yep. which I love. You know, he never complains about his roster. I mean, you think about, you look back at those lean years. Yep. But Brandon, what, what kind of bullpen he had? He had yeah. a bunch of class off. Well, and, and, every t- and every time somebody surfaced to save games, he got dealt about two weeks later. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah so, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you, Stan. Brandon's done a great job, um, you know, taking accountability, being a leader, and, 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 and putting this club in a position to win. Hey, I know you can't do it with your good friend, Jeff Seidel, who passed away. But is there a Brandon, yeah. is there a Brandon Hyde book coming out? Are you maybe, are you working maybe. on are you working on that or is that something you and I should work on? I, I, maybe you and I, Stan. I miss. Uh, was a great marketing guy. Well, he he could find he yeah. could find the contract. Yeah, yeah. God bless yeah. him. He was I'm a good man. Him. He was a good yeah. man. I miss him all the time. His son Zach does a good job over there at UNBC. Awesome hey. job. Yes. Hey. Star's doing really well too. All right. Hey, thanks for joining us, Todd. It's great to talk to you. I've missed seeing you out at the park, but I know you're you're busy. <laughs> You're busy watching and covering sports somewhere. Yeah, that's right, Stan. Thank you. All right, buddy. Bye-bye. There you have it. Um, That's Todd Karpovich. Um, That's the guest portion of our show. We're going to be at at about 12 noon. We're going to play the last segment of the um, Tyus Bowser show from the other night at the Guilford at the uh, Hamilton Sports Hamilton, Bar and Grill. I did it twice. I th- I, I can automatically. We will be get at Guilford at some point. Yeah. This next show. No, this next show is next at Guilford, show on the twenty sixth. Mm-hmm. Of course. Of course. That's what I was thinking about. Mm-hmm. But this other show was at the Hamilton. Exactly. The Hamilton. It was a good one, so you do not want to miss. Yeah. Tyus Bowser show coming up. We play the last segment on whenever there is a Tyus Bowser show that Friday. We get to hear part of it on the show. But right now, Griffin Bass. What's going on at uh, Live Casino? 
Hotel. Uh, over at Live, uh, they got something uh, to beat the heat and be ready uh, to rock at the R-Bar at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. It's located right in the center of the casino floor. The R-Bar features live music on Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays in a seasonal rotation of yard drinks, including a vodka Red Bull slush and a frozen Mount Gay rum runner. So try all the different combinations at the R-Bar at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. Again, it's the R-Bar right in the middle of the casino floor over there at Live Casino. It's Adirondo Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. And for help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right. That's Griffin Bass with what's going on at Live Casino Hotel. Um, do we have another break? We do have one more break to get we to. We have one yes. more break. We're going to take that now. We'll sort of recap the show. We'll get a tidbit. Are tidbit. we doing a tidbit? Yeah, we'll do a tidbit. Uh, I think tidbit. Lucas is going to bring us tidbit today. I really? Guess. Tidbit. Big Luke, day, big day. Luke Bass is going to do it. All right. Mm-hmm. Do you prefer Luke or Lucas? That's weird. I You're a Lucas guy, yeah, aren't yeah, you? Lucas? I'll go by Lucas. Then. Yeah. Lucas. Lucas Bass. Really? All right. I call you Luke sometimes. I know. I mean, it's weird. I've been going by my last name for the past seven months, so it's kind of weird to hear my first name again, oh. so i got to try to get used to it again. Hey, i got but, a buddy uh, of mine, I mean, a working buddy of mine that worked for years at Maroon PR, and I was talking to him yesterday. Matt Lund is his name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hadn't talked to him in a couple of years. I said, what's new? Uh, wife and I had our first baby. What's the name? Luke. Luke That's Lund. a great name. Luke, Luke Lund. Luke Lund. L-U-N-D. No, he said, I, he said power hitting. Power, <laughs> power hitting outfielder. Wow. Yeah. Luke There's definitely a need for those. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. There's one uh, syllable names. We'll take our time out, and we'll be back with a tidbit, a little bit of tubular, and the we'll ties. kick it over to the Ties Bowser Show. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. All electronic tolling is here to stay in Maryland, and DriveEasyMD.com helps you cruise a little easier. We're Maryland's tolling resource, home to EasyPass, pay-by-plate, and video tolling. It's never been easier to pay your way. DriveEasyMD.com will keep you moving. All aboard! The Orioles train keeps on moving, and it's ahead of schedule. The birds are motoring towards a playoff run here in 2023 as their magic number keeps getting smaller and smaller. I'm Paul Valley, and you can find me along with Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here on the Bataround. We'll navigate you through the playoff push as the Orioles look to put an exclamation point on what is turning out to be the best season of the last 40 years. So join us on the Orioles train, and let's enjoy the ride together right here on the Bataround. Around. Visit Harford County this fall. Celebrate Arts Across Harford September 15th through the 30th with dance, theater, music, and visual arts. September 29th through October 1st is the largest Italian festival in Maryland, featuring entertainment, cooking demonstrations, a bocce tournament, and family fun. If you're headed to the Maryland Five Star, stay and play in Harford County. While you're there, enjoy the scenic views atop the king and queen seats and experience pumpkin patches, corn mazes, and fall brews along their Harford Life Trail. For more info, head to visit Harford.com. Maryland open. Picking a restaurant to try for the first time? Let's look at the Costas Inn. Here's a few checklist items. Quality of the food. Check. 
quality of service? Check. Does restaurant have plenty of free parking? Check. And finally, does restaurant have delicious steamed crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, and specials galore? Check, check, check. Costas Inn, 4100 North Point Boulevard. They check all the boxes. The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka dives into what's next for Lamar Jackson after receiving one of the biggest contracts in football history. Is Lamar ready to take the Ravens to the next level, now with a new offensive coordinator and new wide receivers? Also inside, we look at what new football coaches Brian Newberry and Pete Shinnick bring to Navy and Towson, respectively. And we meet players from the college football and soccer programs around the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the higher edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Serps at PressBoxOnline.com. Six chicken tenders made from fresh, never-frozen Royal Farms world-famous chicken, a family-sized order of Western fries, honey mustard dipping sauce, and a two-liter bottle of Dr. Pepper. It's Royal Farms' new Tucker's Tenders Meal. It's Justin Tucker's favorite, and at only $19.99, it'll be your favorite meal, too. The new Tucker's Tenders Meal, available only at Royal Farms. Now you can kick back, relax, and eat like a champion. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Don't forget about Project Game Day after every Ravens game this season. It's kind of like this show, except Rita's also there, so I actually think it's pretty good. But hey, you're already here now, so why don't you go ahead and keep listening to GCR. And GCR today hosted by Stan the Fan as uh, Glenn Clark finishes up a uh, his uh, Stevenson business. Making it sound so like uh, so, Dean so Clark. Secretive. Yeah, I think it's going to be being named. He's Dean doing, he's Clark. doing USA volleyball for uh, for Stevenson. The, the, the USA volleyball oh, tournament a, is being hosted. What a out disappointment! There. Well, that's disappointing. Oh man, I thought I thought for sure it was something big. No, nah, maybe, maybe, maybe it is big. Oh, okay. No, USA <laughs> volleyball. USA volleyball is very big. Um, we are brought to you in part every day by the Toyota Tacoma. It comes in a range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, I'm told that uh, normally you do the uh, tidbit of the day. But uh, in honor of your brother being here, yeah, Lucas demanded from, from Fort he, uh... Liberty. He demanded special opja. <laughs> so I, right. I pass you on to uh, Lucas Bass for today's tidbit of the day. All right, so it's gonna be college football related in uh, celebration of Week Three, kind of the final non-conference play of the college football season. Maryland obviously hosts Virginia tonight, and I always think that there's kind of a rivalry there, even though they're not in the same conference. And it's probably stemming from the ACC days, but also neighboring neighboring states, very similar states. Uh, it's always an exciting time anytime they play. They actually haven't played each other since 2013. Mm. And uh, this is the tidbit. I was just curious if you guys would know who holds all time the all time record when they play each other in football, UMD or Virginia. Um, I would in football. I would in football. think Maryland uh, it leads the all time series against Virginia. I would so, think the opposite. I would? would think Virginia think leads the all time. Now they Virginia both really been, hasn't. I don't know. I guess Maryland hasn't been that great. Remember how bad ACC. you you don't remember how bad Maryland football I, no, was after Bobby Ross left and actually but they were good before actually before Bobby Ross. They had uh, 
Jerry Claiborne, they were like sort of, they would they would be six and four and go to a, a meaningless bowl. I'm gonna say, are you asking for the record? No, I'm not looking. This is just this isn't even the tidbit no, part. Just, but I was just, this isn't even the tidbit part. I'm putting all this energy in the defending. I'm glad you're a good tidbit then. Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about like the Bear Bryant days. So Maryland Maryland leads the series 44, 32 and two. They've played. This will be their 79th meeting this evening. Um, I would have guessed that Virginia was so a better football program. Maryland, up until about 81, right. was dominating. They probably won like 20 more. And then Virginia went on a run in the 90s where they just won every single game. Right. And they play each other every year. And then Maryland kind of started shaping up. And obviously, they haven't played in about 10 years. But uh, the big. That's tidbit. right. This is not, They're playing tonight. Mm-hmm. Where's the game at? Home. At College oh, Park. We'll be going. It's yeah. at College yeah. Park, and it's not an ACC matchup Correct. any longer. Yes, it's yeah. an ACC versus Big Ten mm-hmm. matchup. What's the, the so the lifetime record is forty Maryland forty four to twenty two thirty two thirty two. I'll bet that over the last forty of those games, Virginia's it's probably like. More twenty eight. Uh, yeah, no, Virginia's Dominant. better. So twenty eight to twelve, Virginia. Something, something like that. That would be. I'm gonna say that. Like so the I, last thirty games. I read it. I had the record up here. Oh, you didn't have the yeah. years. Okay. Well, we can say stands probably. Yeah. Right so Virginia is fifteen and seven since nineteen ninety one. Okay. Fifteen seven since yeah. nineteen ninety. But obviously Maryland's two and zero. Virginia's zero okay. two coming in. So okay. yeah, we'll see what happens. Now, Maryland should take care. What is Maryland favored by tonight? Uh, Fourteen and a half is uh, what Glenn and I got it at for our uh, pick segment yesterday. That's interesting. Yeah. Interesting game. Mm-hmm. Don't know which way I'd I, go in that game. I'm with Gary Stein. I think uh, I think Maryland puts it all. To, I think they put the pick, even though it's probably the best opponent that they're they're right. facing in terms of right. talent and, and level. But I think they put together their best game tonight. Right. I think they have the best crowd so. as well. That's oh, yeah. tonight. So Blackout. are you able to bet same game parlays on games like that? Um, at this game on Superbook, I'm not sure. Um, I know for the bigger games, they typically do have okay. uh, they do. Well, then I would think they'd have it. For for those higher level, uh, definitely NFL as well. All right, now so that's the that was the build up to the tidbit of the day. I'm glad. I'm glad. uh, Good good preface. We're getting in now. So, so I was just wondering if you guys knew the ten most biggest commercially and longest running non conference rivalries throughout college football. Okay, so there's a couple in here that are. How do you measure this? So longest running. So I. Kind of like went through a couple of websites and tried to figure out hey, it's going to be the longest running. Like these teams have been playing each other since the 1800s. Oh, okay. So, so since most, when? So most matchups. Like since like the 18, like whenever. It 1890 yeah, or 1890s, something like that. 1890s, 1880s. So most non. So basically most games played. So something like William and Mary. It wouldn't. That wouldn't be on there. It's more like commercially as successful as okay, well. Okay. Like Auburn or um, something. Yeah, like since Auburn. they're playing. Yeah. yeah. Since they're playing this week, uh, Colorado and Colorado State. They're not. They're actually number twelve. Oh, I saw that. Man. I thought about mentioning that on their team. I'm, this is a rivalry. Yeah. I'm gonna say something like. I think like Ohio State, State yeah. Michigan. Well, well no, so non-conference. non-conference. Uh, so I'll go through the last Cyhawk okay. game. Cyclones and the yep. Hawkeyes. That's Iowa, on there. Okay. Iowa, Iowa, okay. Iowa State. What's the order rank? Towson Morgan. That's number six. Towson Morgan. That, what, that's, that, number, that's number 11. Is Towson it really? Morgan. No, it's not. <laughs> that's, that's this weekend, too, I think. Uh, yeah, this, guy, this guy has a good sense of humor. <laughs> you ought to learn from him. Yeah, I'll try. I try. What rank is Iowa? That's number six. Do you know who's got that all time? The Hawkeyes, Iowa. Yeah, thirty nine and twenty. Of course. Really? Um How about Auburn well Auburn and Alabama then are in the, the same SEC, conference. Yeah, they yeah. Don't work. Uh, There's not a lot of SEC. How about Florida, Florida State? Florida, Florida State. Good one. Who's got that one overall? Uh Gators. 
Florida State, I'm going to say. Gators, 33-20 and 20 and 2. Wow. Florida. Okay. What rank was that one? Four. Um, I, just, I don't know why. I guess just because they played over the week. Texas, Alabama, that's not a thing. No. A, no. Okay. How about in Texas, yeah. Oklahoma are in the same division? Yeah, they're Big 12. Which, so I guess uh, in a how about Texas, years. Texas Tech or something like that? No, nothing like that. Think, uh, like, let's go same state. Right, different. right. I'm trying to think. And Illinois, Illinois, Illinois State. No. Ball State. NYU Cornell. No. Man, why I, am I, I'm, I really? I know I'm, I'm having a rough time. Give me. Uh, yeah, I did I good with the Florida, Florida State. Yeah, thing. that was good. Start off. How about strong. Oregon, Oregon State? That same thing. Pac-12. Pac-12. How about Washington, Washington? Maryland, State? West Virginia. No, not Maryland, Darn. West Virginia. West Virginia is on here though. West Virginia Pitt. Yes. West yeah, Virginia that's Pitt. a good one. Yeah. Yeah, the West backyard Virginia. brawl they call yeah. it. Oh, and what's the? I thought it'd be like Pitt, Penn State, but that wasn't. What's the one with the? Yeah. Is that the Colorado game? The 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 the, the Paul Bunyan's axe. That's Minnesota. And, Minnesota. Oh, that's in uh, that's Wisconsin. Wisconsin no. right? Yeah, yeah but they're so big that's ten. In, big ten. Yeah. Bunyan's axe. Right. Uh, this is this is so Lucas and I went, went to the College Football Hall of Fame uh, down in Atlanta the, 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 a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So now, so I feel how, really bad. How that about I, Arizona? I Arizona State. Pac-12. Same conference. Yeah. Same conference. So that one of the teams that night was playing is on here. That who was playing? The teams that night. Oh, at, oh, at Mercedes oh okay. Benz. Uh, Georgia, Georgia Tech. Yep. Georgia, ah, Georgia Tech. Very good. What rank? That's got to be low on there. That's five. Right. And how many are there? Uh, ten total. You guys have four. Okay, you have well, three how many through of the top six. Five? Oh, right. We have three through six. So you're missing the top two. Although number two, I don't really two. know how it's number. Two. I don't think it's that big. Of okay, a, let's try to get the top two here. And there, then, and then give the us top number one hits. is pretty like pretty how historically. I know. How about Mississippi like, and no, no? There's not a lot. I don't think there's any more SEC. There's one SEC school left on here, and they play the ACC. Clemson. Yep. Clemson Clem- versus Tennessee. That's t- no. Yeah. You don't know what, what state Clemson's in? No, I do. Oh, South, South Carolina. Carolina. South Carolina. Yeah. Clemson. Yeah. Clemson, South Carolina? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, North Carolina, South Carolina. No. Yeah. That's a good one, though. Clemson, SC. All right. So we got the is, top, is, do uh, we have is, the top five? You? No. <laughs> we need one okay, more. This can't go it's, one for that was like seven. much longer. Clemson, I do, I, South Carolina, seven. Is USC on the list? Uh, Chargers. USC is on the list. Oh, who would? They're rival. They're number one. US, an, why can I not think of this? US, this team that they rival is not in state. It's They're Notre not in Dame, state. Notre Dame, USC. Notre Dame, USC is number one. Who's got that know. all time? Uh, Notre Dame. I would guess USC. Notre Dame. Is Notre Dame 43, 34, and 5? How much? 34? Notre Dame is winning USC 43, 34, and 5. Okay, it's close. So so is, uh, is Notre Dame on this list? Oh, yeah, they have another one. Which they're, the other one that they're on here, I don't. Really, I don't even remember them playing ever. So. <laughs> How about and Army Navy? Army Navy's on there. Yep. Of course. Yeah. Can't forget that one. How do we not get that one? Army Air Force. No. Oh, Air <laughs> Navy Force Air Force. Good, no. No more armed forces. No, no more. No more military academies. Three more. I don't know here. how we forgot Army Navy. That's unbelievable. That, that's 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 bad. These three that's are bad. kind of like. Long to get that one. Uh, one of them is in state. Two are bordering states, and this other one uh, involves North Dakota State, South Dakota State. No. They might be the same conference. These are kind of Midwest. I, I don't. I don't say they're Midwest. in the Great Plains states. Nebraska. No, not Nebraska. South of Nebraska. So South of Nebraska. Kansas. South Dakota. Kansas. Kansas, Kansas State. No. Kansas and another Missouri? and a border state. Kansas, Kansas Missouri. Yeah, Kansas Missouri. Really? Okay. Which, that's number two. Which I never really. Really. I don't remember yeah. that being okay. such a. 
I guess they, I mean, it's because they don't have anything else to do this out is, that, there. That one's probably the closest spread. Missouri's winning that one, 56, 54, and 9. Okay. That's the closest spread. And you've got oh, the bottom two, two, 9 and 10. Uh, you give, some strong yeah, give us some strong nine hints 9 and here. 10. So for number 9, you already guessed this team. They were involved with the number one. They're an independent. Oh, okay. So Notre Dame and... Uh, Another Big Ten team. Ohio State? No. Notre Dame, Penn State, no, Indiana, State. no, not Indiana. Uh, this Illinois, like, no, like Michigan, they're not, they're not a Michigan good, State, Michigan State. There you go. Michigan <laughs> State. My process of elimination. Right. I know they're not even a good uh, like really Michigan State program. and Notre Dame. All right, and tell us the last one. So this is it's the the holiest war they call it BYU and Utah. Ah, the holiest, holiest war. war. Yeah. BYU yeah. and Utah has got that. Can't one. believe I forgot that one. Yeah, it's a How big about one. Utah? Utah State or something like that. No, they were not. Well, Utah State, they're just not that. It's not that good. I mean BYU. I guess is okay enough where they'll All right. say it on. That was, that was a good one. I like Bleacher that Report. That was, and that was a good one. It was a little longer than it needed to be because yeah. it makes if you Glenn look was idiotic when you sit here. Nah, yeah. I don't think guessing. so. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is a tough one. That was a good, well was thought good out, though. Good. I figured That's like so a special ops <laughs> question. Celebrate the Maryland-Virginia rivalry. All right. Battle um, the DMV. Celebrate that. That starts tonight at 730? 730 is... 7. Uh, seven? Sure. 7? It is 7. You're right. 7 o'clock. Is that available in the Big Ten? It network? is on FS1 as we FS1. transition here into Totally Tubular. Jeez. All right. Uh, so I can go FS1. over the sports schedule FS1. for you. FS1's got a big night. I don't have to answer anything on last Totally night. Tubular. No, 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 no uh-huh. you don't. No, yeah, you can. Yeah, I guess you can walk out standing. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. done. <laughs> Apple TV Plus Start weekend has early. the Rays and the Orioles at seven. Zach Eflin and Jack Flaherty, as we've been talking. Also on Apple TV Plus is going to be Phillies Cardinals. Uh, so Virginia Maryland FS1 at seven. Army UTSA on ESPN Hey-o. at seven. Utah State and Air Force on CBS Sports Network. Top ranked boxing as well back on uh, ESPN. And following that Army UTSA game, Luis Lopez and Joette Gonzalez in a in a good boxing uh, boxing showdown there. Uh, the rest of the MLB sketch slate. Go to go 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 to GlennClarkRadio.com for the t- totally tubular totally tubular WNBA playoffs kick off tonight. Washington Mystics, New York Liberty, game one on ESPN two. Atlanta Dream and the Dallas Wings, game one at nine thirty. Following that on ESPN two. Uh, the Fortnite Championship. It's actually it's not Fortnite, but it's the Aww. Fortnite Championship uh, in the PGA. I don't know. Fortinet is what it is. Uh, but we, Glenn and I were talking. Fortnite should, they should sponsor, sponsor it. it. Yeah, I think that would help golf. Uh, and they get can get some, some skins, get some famous golfers in the game. That'd yeah, that'd be. Yeah, so, oh, I, I want to be Ricky Fowler. Yeah. <laughs> USA has USA has na- uh, the NASCAR Xfinity Series uh, playoffs in Bristol at 7:30 on Saturday. Uh, Rays and Orioles, Tyler Glasnell and Grayson scheduled to go at, at each other. That's at 7 on Masson. ESPN Plus, uh, you can see Towson Morgan State on ESPN Plus at Morgan. Uh, also on ESPN Plus, Yankees Pirates and UFC Fight Night. It's Uf- or uh, Noche UFC. Ooh. Alexa Grasso and Valentina Shevchenko, too, as the women's flyweight belt. Why do they call it UFC Noche? Uh, they're trying to make it, it. There's a lot of Mexican fighters on the mm. on the card, and uh, there's, it's I don't in know Vegas? why. Yeah, it's in Vegas. Yeah. I don't know. They kind of dropped the ball here that they should have had it in Mexico or Mexico City. Maybe because it's too the altitude. Ridiculous. They've had stuff in Mexico before in the past, though. It's been a while since they went back. They should have. They should have uh, yeah, they dropped the ball there. Uh, GoMaxSports.tv for Stevenson FDU at noon. Um, Salisbury and Hopkins are on in action as well. Concordia Prep goes up against St. Paul's. You can find that on YouTube with myself on the call alongside Miles Goodman. Uh, Penn State, Illinois on Fox, Big Ten Network, Georgia Southern, and Wisconsin, and a whole slate of games on BTN tomorrow. NBC. Uh, Syri- has Syracuse and Purdue, Brentford and Newcastle is the uh, soccer match at 12:30. All the college football go go to Glenn Clark Radio. Colorado, Colorado State at 10 on ESPN is the big is the big game tomorrow. 
Um, just looking over here again. All the college football is, is on Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, Glenn did a great job uh, gathering everything. Uh, on Sunday, Ravens Bengals on CBS, followed by Commanders Broncos. Fox is gonna have Fox is gonna have Giants Cardinals at four o'clock. It's exciting. Is it? No. Can we get Stan going on that one? Rays <laughs> Orioles at one thirty on Mass and Zach Littell and Dean Kramer. Uh, as the Orioles uh, look to hopefully, I guess take two out of th- or take three out of four uh, against the, after they win tonight and tomorrow. Mm, NBC I'd has Dolphins. A, I'd love at this point. I'd love a split. Yeah, I'd love a split. Uh, Dolphins Patriots is a Sunday night football game on NBC, and uh, WNBA playoffs continue on ESPN and ABC. Um, yeah, for the rest of the Fortnite Championship, round four wraps up as well on Sunday. Uh, for the rest, go to glennclarkradio.com. Some non-sports highlights for you. Um, Inside the World's Toughest Prisons premieres on Netflix. Uh, season seven, actually, as a journalist and former inmate, Rafael Rowe, goes around to the toughest prisons in the world. Actually looks kind of cool. Czech Republic, Indonesia, the Solomon Islands. Uh-oh. Yeah. Guantanamo Bay? Um, not on this mm. season. Maybe in the past, though. Maybe. Uh, the season eight thing. This one, uh, oh god, yeah, I, don't, I, I won't. Love at first sight movie on uh, Netflix. There's not a whole lot going on. Love at first sight. This is a a, a classic uh, meet cute in an airport. And who's and, in it? Um, no one that we know. Damn. But it looked, but it, but it just looks great. She's going to London and she runs into the love of her life. They sit next to each other on the plane. And is then, it Christmas uh, time or something? It sounds like uh, some type I, of no. Drama actually, she's actually there for a wedding. Oh, yeah, there yeah. And then they, but they, they never. She, she, the guy gives her, her uh, his number and she drops her phone and breaks her phone. Oh my! Yeah, oh so she's running all she's running all over London to try and find. What him. a creative oh way to get around the phone epidemic, right. Of the global, um, a million miles away. Michael Pena is Jose Hernandez, who grew up in Mexico, uh, and he mm-hmm. wants to become an a- astronaut. This is on a uh, Prime Video. A million miles away with Michael Pena. It's a movie. Um, yeah, it is a movie. Mm-hmm. It is a movie. Sounds good. And Fast X comes to uh, streaming. It's on Peacock. Skip the theaters, or was it on theaters? It was, it was out in theaters. Oh, it's quickly out on Peacock, though. Hmm. Uh, the Walking Dead, Daryl Dixon, and the finale on HBO of Winning Time, the uh, the the rise of the Lakers dynasty at nine o'clock on HBO on Sunday. You've been nights. able to get. Do you like that show at all? I haven't. I I started it and I just haven't had time to come back to it. Mm. It looks good. Glenn likes it a lot. He is a big fan of it. He's disappointed that they will not be renewed for another. Well, actually, I don't think it's not that they're renewed. It's the writer just isn't going to do I, another I, season. Writer strike. Well, that too. I, I guess. mean, the writer's strike is what took it off. No, no, no. I think, uh, yeah. I think he like just didn't think that there was much more, I guess, else to go. Yeah. Even though, I mean, I, I guess they I don't see much forever. more else to go mm-hmm. with that thing. Yeah. And the acting to me is just not really. John C. Riley. He isn't too good. Is he too good? John C. Riley. John C. Riley's great. Um, that is it though. Who, for who's your playing? Totally. Who plays Pat Pat Riley in that? Um, good question. Lucas, fill the air for me while I search this up. I, I just I found so it. earlier today we were wondering why the why the 49er or why Charlotte University of Charlotte is called the 49ers. Yeah, and it is strange. It sounds like they were back in the 1940s. They were called the Charlotte Center of the University of North Carolina, and they were about to be shut down. They were called the sh- center of Charlotte the Charlotte Center of the University of North Carolina or the CCUNC. Course. And uh, they're about to be shut down by the state. And then in 1949, right. oh. Bonnie Ethel Cohn Bonnie. Uh, came up with some money. Yeah. And kept them afloat. Kept them the so 49ers, 49ers spirit. Mm. And funnily enough, funny. Uh, the highway. I know. I, guess <laughs> uh, I, run, I don't know. What yeah, I'm, surprised I'm surprised the San Francisco yeah. 49ers haven't sued them for right. trademark infringement. Oh, Hi- highway 49 is the highway that goes right 
into the front entrance into of the main oh. campus. Oh, okay. Pure coincidence. Pure coincidence. So but maybe that was, the whole thing was timed. You know, they, maybe. they waited from 47, yeah, to 48. Uh, All these hey, people were without their jobs. if we wait till 49, you got the highway yeah. runs right through it, and... It's 1940. It'll be perfect. 1949. It's, uh, it's yeah. Adrian Brody who plays Pat Riley. Yeah. Oh, what what do you don't like? Oh, you don't like you don't like Pat Riley in the. No, I don't series? like Adrian don't... Brody what playing like Pat. It's a terrible bit of casting. What? He was over. Oh God, he was so over the top. Well, he's a. Did he win an Oscar for the pianist? Wadislav. That's how it's pronounced. The, the pianist, like, like pianist, but. Anyway, the penis. He's Polish. Yes, yeah, he's Polish. Right. Polish Jewish descent. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, that does it for this portion of the Glenn Clark Radio Show. Uh, we are going to finish up though. Yes, on we a want high to thank note. all our guests. On a high course. note, we yes. would like to thank all our guests: Todd Karpovich of PressBoxOnline.com and PressBox. We'd like to thank Gary Stein of PressBoxOnline.com. And Studio 83 fame. Voice of the UMBC Retrievers as That's well. That's right. He is the voice of the UMBC Retrievers and occasionally the Stevenson Mustangs or Concordia. True. I believe he's on the call this weekend, yeah. actually, for Stevenson. Of, of Stevenson. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. great. Jack of all trees. And uh, in addition, we have to thank Ryan Spielberg. Ryan Spielberg, yes. Of Loud Outs on Sirius XM. Exactly. And he'll be on the call tonight doing the color analyst work on the Orioles and the Rays, which starts at 7.05-ish ish, <laughs> only on Apple TV. That does it for me. Glenn Clark will be back Monday. Um, yeah, me, yeah, myself and Glenn will react to the Ravens, uh, you know, whatever happens between them and the Bengals. should be uh, hopefully hopefully good news. Jeremy Conn will join us. And, uh, and I guess, I'm not sure if I'm supposed That's to right. Say, you guys are on after the game Sunday. Uh, well, Glenn and Rita are. Glenn and Rita Glenn are. Glenn and Rita are. Glenn and I will be back Monday morning. All right. Normal, normal edition of GCR. Uh, we'll wrap the show by listening to the final, third and final segment of Tuesday's Tyus Bowser Show featuring a special guest, Rashad Bateman. Ooh. Back in here for segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show, Press Box and 105.7 The Fan, live from the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Hartford Road. Glenn and Rita alongside Tyus and Rashad Bateman. How about them Honey Old Bay Wings, by the way? How about... Fire. Yeah, right? Rashad, had you, had you never had Honey Old Bay Wings before? I ain't had no. I want some more. Oh, bro. But I think you liked them. <laughs> Loved them. Okay. <laughs> we wouldn't steer you wrong, I promise you. So get to the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Best place to be to watch the games. Get the Honey Old Bay Wings. Rita swears by the salmon. Get over here to the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill and check out all the amazing, delicious food. Don't forget, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER or HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. So, Tyus, I don't know if you saw, but Rita was stressed during that last break because we got the Orioles game on, and she is living and dying on every pitch of this game. She's, her, she's losing her mind. Now, imagine watching football games with her. I can't I even imagine, man. Like, I am... I've calmed down over the years. Have you though? I have think you? so. Have you? you in don't moments. Think so? In How moments. were you back then? Huh? How were you back then? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> she hit me with that. Oh God. Oh, it had yeah. to be back. You know, like back it was in, rough. Yeah, you yeah. Still, you know. Um, for those of us that have been here through during the two thousands, 
that was a rough time. There were some years in there. So uh, I, I definitely have used a lot of F-bombs, a Ooh. lot of S-bombs. I've used a lot of bad words. Um, now, I just, I, every now and again, I curse. Now she only uses half of those. Like, oh, now okay. she only uses F-bombs or S-bombs. It's okay. not, Correct. She not doesn't both. do both. It's I don't a, do both. We call that prog it's, progress. It's, it's, growth. It's growth. Growth. Is yes. From the 2000s? The 2000s were rough. It's 2020s. About, I know. So I'm Wait saying that I've, I've think evolved. Think about how old Rashad was in the 2000s. Why don't you do that math right now? How old were you, bro? What? Give me a specific date. 2005. I was four. Oh, my God. <laughs> man. Oh, man. So you, we know both of you have been in on the Orioles, right? Like, Tyus, you have fully embraced the Orioles. Rashad, we know you've thrown first pitches at Orioles games. Yes. Have yes. you gotten all in? Have you been, like, riding the train? And I mean, yeah, I'm definitely riding the Oriole train, you know. Uh, I'm not. I'm not no Georgia fan at all. I promise. You. No team in Georgia. You, you never. Know. You weren't a Braves fan at all. Say that again. You weren't a Braves fan when you were growing up. No. No. Okay. No. I think the most important thing he just said is no team in Georgia. No he team roots in Georgia. For. Yeah. So as a person oh. that roots for a team in Florida, yeah. that is very important. But that doesn't mean he roots for Florida. He roots for Minnesota. I'm just, Rita. I understand that, but <laughs> we are both anti-Georgia. I uh, appreciate you can embrace that. that. For sure, anti-Georgia. But uh, I was a Florida guy. Well, look at that. Look at that. Now you, she's going to like you even more now. Now you're going to be her. Now she's going to get herself a jersey. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, was a, I was a gator. I wanted to be a gator. Really? Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> How'd they screw that up? Because they've, they've kind of been doo-doo, and they probably could have been much better if they would have had you. Absolutely. These are facts. Sure. We definitely yeah. could have used you. I was already committed to Minnesota at the time, and um, Florida was going through a coach, uh, going through a coaching, coaching change. change. Yeah, yeah so, they've been through a few. Yeah, I kind of got caught up in who the middle, you middle of for? that. So yeah, who do you root for? Maryland. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Pitiful. Go Terps, by the way. Oh, you. <laughs> well. I mean, that's well. rich coming from a Minnesota man. <laughs> I think I beat the Turks now with the college. Did you? You might have. I don't know. They, I they, got they, my first touchdown here in Baltimore. Really? I mean, I'm in mean, College, college park. park. Yeah, I was like, I didn't think you guys huh? played. Yeah, that, right. Trippy's trying to say I it's mean, nothing to brag about. It led me here, so I'm thankful. There you go. I'm there thankful. you go. We, we know Tyus roots for Houston Cougars. To Houston Cougars. I do. Uh, I do. You know, that's your, that's your squad. But what I wanted to present, Tyus. I was just getting yeah, ready to say, yeah. There's a possibility that we get to the playoffs. And like the ALCS. Mm -hmm. uh, and that man. could very well be an Orioles Astros matchup. What's gonna happen? We need to know. What's your loyalties like? I plead the fifth. No! Okay. No! <laughs> no! I plead the fifth. Man, you're you know what's crazy? You because the they, play, they play here in Baltimore. And I was gonna do, they, I think they played three games. Uh -huh. They did. Went to one game in my Astros stuff, but I went to the other game in my Orioles stuff. <laughs> So, I mean, I support both teams, you know? Okay. But, you know, uh, that's just tough, man. I that's just feel tough. like this the is a, wait, 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 Glenn. This is how I feel about this because the Astros have championships. Right. You've got It's been 40 years here. I, I don't even to want see to tell y'all how old I was then. Absolutely. So, we can't get you to fully commit the rooting for the Orioles if they Ooh, square off man. in the ALCS. With, with Come on, Astros, just give us one. Man. Just one. The Astros fuck. Yeah, they like that. Yeah. Yeah, they like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, 
when that time comes, because it will, because right, I, I believe that the Orioles are going to make it that far. Mm. I believe that the Astros are going to make it that far as well. I can see it. And I think I'll just be there for the ride, man, just <laughs> no, to see it. I just no, want to see some great no, baseball games, enough. a ton of home runs. Man. Hopefully I get a few foul balls come my way. Rita but is losing years of her life watching a baseball game, and you she can't is. just and get it. You know, I, just you know I have more years behind me than in front of me. Come yeah. on. I was literally eating. I'm just looking at it. She's just... <laughs> Stressed. Stressed Stressed out. I called her name twice. She was like, yeah, I don't hear you at all. Oh, she was in her own world. (laughs) Own world at that point. All right, so uh, I referenced it before the break. Last time we talked, last time we did a show with everybody, was the week before the playoff game. And there had been a little bit of an incident at the end of the regular season. And Rita was ready to fly out there. She was ready to be your personal bodyguard. She was going to fight that dude, Jackson Carmen, in the street. Like, in the street, yeah. she, he was going to see those hands. Yeah. We didn't really follow up afterwards. Was, was, there, was there any further incident in the playoff game? No. I mean, I went and got a sack against him. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know that was kind of like my get kept, back. Kept but, score. Yeah, kept score. Kept but, score. I mean, if he wants to try to, you know, put on film of him trying to be all hard and stuff, you know, I was actually laughing while he was doing it. I was like, yo, come on, dog. And then he just kept going. I was like, okay, like, this is doing too much. I ain't like that at all. But, yeah. Hey, so was, what happened? I think I missed this. You said what? I said what happened? I think I missed this. I mean, if you, he, he pushed me to the sideline. Yeah. And from there, you know, it was a little scuffle. But, you know. Just football like, stuff. Just, just football, just just football a stuff. A couple of gentlemen handling their business. you would do with the DBs, you know what I'm saying? You try to you know, block them all the way to the sideline and chunk them out, you know, to the bleachers. I feel you. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's just just football. Move past it, you know, keep playing. I got my get back, so it's all good. There we go. There we go. Now now we need the team to get a get back. So it's just worse because it just happened to be the Bengals. Yeah, pretty (laughs) much. much. So speaking of the Bengals, obviously, they're your next opponent. You know them very well. They struggle in their first game. (laughs) Listen, they didn't play well, but this is not, this is what they've done. Last year, I believe they started 0-3. They lost the Steelers in week Um, one, yeah. Obviously not nearly as bad as they lost to the Browns, but now, but but do you, when you look at them, even though they are extremely talented, and, but they've struggled, and I believe they uh, cut Lyle Collins today, Mm -hmm. even though he was on PUP, they signed him in the offseason. I guess that they thought they had plans for him. So they're reeling. It feels that way, right? You hear them talk in their press conference. They're reeling. Do you feel like you're licking your chops when you're going into to Cincinnati? Do, does it feel like, oh, okay, we owe them one? Because back-to-back, we remember what happened last year, you know, back-to-back losses. Does it feel like we got to get one out of here? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we feel like we owe them one. And, I mean, that's just part of the robbery that we have, you know, Anytime you see that schedule and you have Cincinnati Bengals that week or anyone in the AFC, you know, it's just going to be that. And it just so happens to be the Bengals. And, you know, we ended up losing that playoff game. And, you know, that was tough to end the season like that. So to have them this second week, uh, we're looking forward to it. And the guys are ready. These guys are ready to work this week to prepare and get ready for Sunday. And, you know, we're definitely looking forward to it. Glenn, I want to ask Rashad because I believe this offseason has been 
different for the Bengals, right? I, I know that they still have a good stout front seven, but they lost, in my opinion, two very important players in their secondary, particularly in their safeties. When you see that. She wants to know if you can go, go cook them. Like go cook, you go cook them, right? You. That's what you're going to do on Sunday, yeah. right? When you see the, the, the changes, and to me, they downgraded. This is my opinion. I'm not asking you to say that. But when I look at them, I look at them losing two important guys that, that was helping their secondary. Do, when you look at the, the changes that they've made, do you feel like, oh, okay, I, I got something for that? Yeah, a little bit for sure. Um, well, just overall, I think we owe the Bengals. You know, um, yeah, I just think we definitely owe them. <laughs> I mean, um, they're the team that won the division the last couple of years. It right? ain't like, about that. We just owe. We just owe okay. them. One. Yeah, we just owe them. Baltimore, we just owe them one. You know, we go get it back. But um, you know, they did. They did have some secondary losses that was very important. It's definitely not the same. Um, so as a receiver, you know, you start to see a change. You start to study their games, see where you can squeeze in. You know, some big plays and know uh, where you can get your wins in. So I'm definitely studying them hard to look where I can get my opportunity. Like that. I like that. We are winding down for the Tyus Bowser show with Rashad Bateman, Press Box 105.7, the fan. Um, Rashad, you, you know, you obviously, you were at the podium a couple weeks ago when you came back, and one of my favorite things you said, you're like, this is the way it works around here. Everybody says their piece. We're best friends now. That's the way that it goes. Mm -hmm. Is there something about this organization, this building, this group of guys that, like, you can do that. You can say, hey, we can talk. We can have our differences, and we're going to be able to move forward, and everything's going to be cool after that. Yeah, um, Baltimore is a, a really comfortable place for me personally. Um, I think the city uh, of Baltimore in generally helps us that way. You know, it's a blue-collar, you know, uh, city. And, you know, I'm from a town from not much, so being able to continue to stay humble while being in this profession um, helps me out a lot, you know. Uh, and being in Baltimore does that, you know, and I feel like we got a team full of humble players, you know, and that's kind of contagious. It's crazy because nobody really look at themselves as, you know, professional athletes. We we all look at each, like our, each other as brothers, you know, first and foremost. And, you know, I think that carries over into the game and how we play and our team chemistry. So uh, it's definitely been fun here, you know. So I guess it's just time to win the Super Bowl now. I like that. It's time. I like that, right? Like, we can echo that into eternity. Uh, is there any chance that, like, we'll see you and Eric go out for, like, paintball or do other best friend stuff in the future? <laughs> like, is there any chance, like, you have, like, a best friend activity planned, anything like that? No. <laughs> no. All right. What no. was your, growing up, your favorite, like, best friend activity? I want to go across the table. Favorite best friend thing to do. Mine was batting cages. Like me and my best friend would go to the batting cages and all of a sudden we realized we spent $100. We could have just been in the backyard like feeding each other. It would have been way cheaper than spending an hour at the batting cages the way that we would do. What was the, the best friend activity, Tyus, that you like doing the most? Me? Yeah. Um, I would definitely say um, just going to the gym. I even do it now just... Um, with a group of my guys back in Tyler who always do like a three-point contest. Um, and you probably always win. And we do. Yeah. And we mm -hmm. do. And, mm -hmm. you know, they always come at us because a few of those guys, you know, they play, you know, Division One at Iowa and other places. So whenever we get the chance to go back home, that's one of the things we always, you know, bring up is like, hey, when the gym going to be open? Like, you got to go, yeah, go back, right? Exactly. I get it. So that's I like one of that. the good things that I enjoy doing. Rashad, what about you? What was the best I mean, friend activity? I mean, honestly, I didn't know what I was going to say until he said gym. But, I mean, 
I definitely would have to say gym as well uh, because growing up, that's all we did. Uh, I played basketball kind of more than I played football. Uh, growing up, uh, he, he, he a hoop. He a hoop. Okay, I was gonna say this I'm, is. Yeah. We always so have to run it by Tyus. You put him on your starting five. I could put him on my starting five. Yeah, yeah. me and Tyus can hoop. Okay. Yeah, me, me and Tyus can hoop. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Because there's some guys that think they can hoop, and then like we, Tyus has to give them the all like. Yeah, it's maybe. a lot of them in there. It's a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> them. But but I, you can I, you can vouch. For I can vouch for this right, guy. Bet. Yeah. So that was your thing. You guys would go just hoop for like hours. Yeah, like hours at a yeah. time, like sun up to sundown. We just played That's basketball. Cool. Yeah. That's cool. Rita, what about you? What was your go-to bet? The gym, right? Mostly. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, in this city, on the weekends, what we did around here, we was, we went skating. We went to Orchard mm. Skateland. We mm. went to Shake and Bake. That's what we did. So me and my best friends was out every Friday. Every, my mama had to either drop me off or pick me up. I don't know. She might not have did either that day because she. She got a life of her own, but that's what we was doing. I just, we was I just realized that I know where we are because you've never invited me skating. So I just I learned that boy. I thought I thought we were better than that, Rita. But you said best friends, and I've never gotten that invite to go. You out. said childhood best friends. Oh, okay. I guess that's true too. All right. <laughs> we All right. Asked, now we ask you that question. Like, what about you? It was you? batting it cages. Was, batting, batting I'm cage. telling you, yes, batting for hours or ping pong. Do we would go into like one of our buddies' basements and we would play? We wouldn't keep score. Like they would just, it would just be like an eternal five hour long. Like who got a ping pong table? Who doesn't have a ping pong table? Ping what pong do you table? mean who doesn't have a ping pong table? Uh, you're acting like that's boot. She's trying to make it to seem the like YMCA it's bougie. Or I, at somebody's I, ain't, house. I ain't got no, I ain't got no ping pong. Exactly. So you should get a ping pong table. Ping I'll pong tables are great. We're not saying it's not great. I'm asking who had a ping pong table so at their house. had a buddy who had a ping pong table in the basement. Tyus, you had a ping pong table? I do have a ping pong Did table. Did you kept one growing up? No, I can't Thank afford you. that. Exactly. What, I, I don't know what that is. And right there's here. that. But I, I feel like this is aggressive. I feel like this is a bit much. <laughs> and I feel like it might be an appropriate time to end the show. Thank you. Would y'all please make some noise one more time for Tyus Bowser and Rashad Bateman. Hey, don't forget, Superbook.com. Download the Superbook app. The code is GlennClark23. You get a first bet match up to $250. Superbook.com or the Superbook app. Rashad, you don't want to tell us about the, the clothing line just yet, but like, is there anything we can plug for you? Everybody, where everybody can follow, follow you, anything like that? Nah, not yet. <laughs> Bro, I appreciate You'll you. You'll see it. It'll be an announcement. I, like, I look forward to it. Thank you for coming out and hanging out Thank with you. us, Thank you. I man. appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Really appreciate it. Tyus, it's so good to be back with you for another season, man. Most definitely, man. I appreciate it. Look forward. Two weeks from now, John, remind me we're at Guilford Hall, correct, in two weeks? Yeah. Guilford Hall Brewery is where we will be two weeks from now for the next Tyus Bowser show. Thanks to Great 8's memorabilia. Thanks to the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill. Thanks to Press Box for Rita.